What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is episode 431 for your may 27 2022 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your sunday evenings wherever you may be man first of all let's get down to business number one shout out to my little brother, Michael, he is turning 34 today. Or he did turn 34 today, so shout out to him. The smartest motherfucker that I know personally in and out of what I do here, man. The smartest human being that I know. So happy birthday to him turning 34 today. All the way down in Atlanta, he goes to uh, Emory College doing his thing, man. So... Shout out to him and happy birthday to him. Number two, I want to thank you guys for joining me on your Sunday evenings, man. I know there's a lot of things that are going on right now. Maybe a couple playoff games that you guys are probably a little bit more into. But I appreciate everybody joining me, man. We're nearing 2,000 in the venue tonight, man. I appreciate you guys on a Sunday night. We're going to go over everything we need to do today. We got WWE news. We got AEW news. We got... A bunch of shit to go over, man. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW. News coming out of all of the weekly shows today. Obviously, we're going to talk about Sasha Banks. And we're going to talk about Naomi and what is going on. The latest shit show by WWE in regards to their situation Not only has WWE taken their merchandise off of shop, not only has WWE suspended and stripped them of the women's tag team championships, as if that fucking matters, really, WWE has now actively taken both Naomi, I don't think Naomi was in it, but I know Sasha was in it, actively taking Sasha Banks out of the open to the then, now, forever, together intro for all their shows. They took Sasha Banks out and replaced her with Cody Rhodes. Naomi went a step further, and she removed all reference 
of WWE from her social media pages, man. It is going back and forth. It is crazy. But the discussion that I want to have with everybody tonight, man, and and this is something. Now, I don't have any inside sources. I, I don't know what's going on. I only know what you guys know and what you've heard and read. But it definitely needs to be discussed. It needs to be discussed. It needs to be a talking point, whether it comes to a situation where what I say today comes a re- becomes a reality or Sasha just ends up back with the WWE. Naomi ends up back with the WWE and they turn this whole ordeal into one big elaborate work. Is WWE driving Sasha Banks? Has Sasha Banks reached the end? Is she just finished? with WWE, mentally, physically. Where is Sasha Banks' mindset? And is there a possibility that WWE right now is actively driving Sasha Banks if she still wants to remain a professional wrestler? Is WWE actively driving Sasha Banks into the arms of Tony Khan? It's something we have to discuss. And there's a lot to like about Sasha Banks being in AEW. There's a lot for Sasha Banks to like about being in AEW. There's a lot to not like if you're WWE about Sasha Banks going to AEW. But the reasons why Naomi and Sasha Banks left in the first place are all valid and all justifiable. And we discussed this all week. So we're going to go over everything, including the new information that came out, everything tonight on the podcast. Also, Ric Flair... We're going to talk about why he's getting back in the ring. He said it himself, why he's getting back in the ring. You guys might have missed that this week. And who is Ric Flair's opponent going to be or opponents going to be? And what did Ric Flair do to get ready for this one final appearance in a professional wrestling ring? So we'll talk about that. And Stephanie McMahon stepped away from WWE. I didn't really think anything of it when I read the news earlier this week, but... As the weeks went on, or as the days went on, rather, this week, as the week went on, I asked myself one very, very, very important question. Why? Why did Stephanie McMahon walk away from the WWE? Does it have anything to do with Sasha Banks and Naomi? After the fact, I I don't know. I don't think it does. But Stephanie McMahon, also known as someone who is just like her father, who works day in and day out on her duties, on her responsibilities in WWE, why she walked away from WWE right now to take care of her family. What else is going on with the McMahon family after we just got Triple H back in the WWE in some capacity, back in Stanford? He's no longer with NXT. They removed all of his power from NXT. He is not booking the show. He has nothing to do with the brand, nothing to do with Tuesday night. It's all Bruce Pritchard's show. Now that Triple H is back in office, now Stephen McMahon goes and takes a leave of absence. Why? We'll discuss what happened there, what everybody's thinking, and who took over for Stephen McMahon in her, in her absence. She will be back, according to sources, but why did she leave? So we'll talk about that right here on the podcast, man. I appreciate you guys very much for joining me, like I said, on your Sunday nights. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Social media is the place to be, man. If you guys want to keep up to date on literally everything, man. When a video goes live, 
Twitter is it. When you guys want my in real time thoughts about whatever's going on, Raw, NXT, SmackDown, Dynamite, Twitter is the place to be, man. Follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. You guys, uh, that bell is very important, man. Also, a great way to keep yourselves in the loop on what happens on the podcast. Get notified of when I upload, when I go live. Everything you need to know, man. Hit that bell and hit that subscribe button. We are 49 subscribers away. Believe it or not, this was an incredible week. And I thank all the new fans for finding the podcast with this Sasha Banks and Naomi story. 49 subscribers away from 133,000 subscribers, man. So thank you guys very much for making this such a great week. One of the best weeks all year right here on Off The Script. Get those super chats in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show, man. I got my cold beverage. Hopefully you guys got yours. We'll hang out at the end of the show with the Super Chats. Let me know what you guys think of the Sasha Banks-Naomi situation, the Ric Flair situation, Triple H being back full-time with WWE, Stephanie McMahon walking away, and everything else that we talked about, man. Sound off in the Super Chats. Or if you guys want to ask me a non-wrestling-related question, you can certainly do that as well. Hit that Join button. That's another great way to support. Hit that Join button. We have emotes and badges only available right here on Off The Script. Custom to the live stream, custom to the channel. The emotes you guys can use anywhere. In the live stream, in the videos, in the comments section. That is if you're a VIP. And you guys get those badges next to your name to show off your VIP status, man. So make sure you guys go and hit that join button. There are multiple tiers in which you can support. Go check all that stuff out. So hit that join button and become an OTS VIP. Also, guys, we got a new T-shirt available on Bonfire.com. I love this one, man. And shout out to my boy Salrex for really mocking this one up. The dawn of the IWC, man, now available. And also shout out to the great team over at Bonfire.com. They made this what it is, man. Salrex drew it up. And Bonfire put it on the t-shirt, man. Some of the best quality you can get out of anybody's merchandise in the IWC. Go get yours today, man. Bonfire.com. Link is down in the description below. Support off the script when you can, man. I love to see some of these bad boys floating around the IWC at these shows. On Monday, on Wednesday, on Friday. So make sure you guys go. And get your Don of the IWC t-shirts now available, man. So go get that. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed. Tons of Sasha and Naomi stuff. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash off the script. 30 days free of their service. And one free audio book of your choice. Great way to support the show as well. So shout out to Audible as well for being such a great member and a great friend of the podcast. Let's start at the top, man. We're going to go right into it. And we are going to, I believe the first order of business is Nick Khan. Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon. Nick Khan will take over for most of Stephanie's duties at WWE. She walked away, she stepped away, took a leave of absence, and many of Stephanie's staff 
was actually fired by Nick Khan in the last few rounds of budget cuts. I don't know if you guys are very aware of that happening because they weren't actual talent that we see on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Friday, but a lot of Triple H's staff was let go, and now the same thing happened to Stephanie McMahon. Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics reports that Nick Khan will be taking over for most of Stephanie McMahon's duties at WWE. Thurston writes, and I quote, Nick Khan will be taking over most of Stephanie McMahon's duties in her absence, according to multiple people over at WWE. Select business partners have already been informed. McMahon announced earlier this week that she would be stepping away from most of her responsibilities at WWE so she can focus on her family. McMahon did not give a timetable on when she expects to return to her full-time duties. McMahon has received a lot of support from those in the company following the announcement, and there is not any bad blood involved as she cited spending more time with her family as the reason behind her decision to walk away. Now, Fightful Select is reporting that much of McMahon's team that she worked with directly was dismantled during recent rounds of office layoffs within the WWE. One source stated that they weren't surprised by her decision, but didn't have any reason behind it. If it's a personal, private, family matter, I don't think anybody, even if she works, or if they work around Stephanie and she works around these people, I don't think these people are going to be aware of that specific reason. Now, the news of her stepping away is a shock to wrestling fans because she's been so ingrained with the company next to her father, next to Vince, for decades. And the only time anybody can ever recall when she has taken any significant time off was when she gave birth and when she got married to Triple H. Aside from those important milestones, Stephanie has been working in the trenches alongside Vince and has barely taken any time off. PW Insider reported this week that McMahon's announcement shocked people in the company. In fact, most people in the company found out by reading about it on Twitter like everybody else. PW Insider is also reporting that it appears as if only the people in her most inner circle had any idea that she would be making this announcement this week, and many people in the company are said to be shocked and taken aback by the news. Wade Keller discussed Stephanie McMahon's announcement to step away from WWE earlier this week during a recent PWTorch.com audio session. She cited focusing on her family as the reason. Now, Wade Keller is somebody that doesn't bullshit around. He's not going to put something out there. He's a trusted source in the community. Keller stated that there are other reasons why she's taking a break that are larger than her just stepping away. He says, and I quote, I have been told not to expect the reasons that Stephanie is stepping away to come out. But the implication is there are reasons So this isn't going to be a public scandal, but it's something. That's about as much as I think I can say right now, based on the indications I've gotten from people who know or know Stephanie and Hunter, or know people who know them. And yeah, 
They are giving me indications of things. That is a very weird way that Keller went about telling everybody that he knows what's going on, but isn't really up to him to say what it is. Keller added that whatever the reasons are will remain private. He continues, whatever is going on sounds like it's just very private. And I have not been given any indications of what it is. So if it's private and a personal matter, it could have to do with Vince McMahon. It could have to do with Shane McMahon. It could have to do with Triple H. It could also have to do with something completely different within the family or something completely different going on. I just can say that I'm pretty sure it will not get out, at least not imminently. And it's probably not going to be something that that's like making headlines or anything like that. You know, I find it funny how I read this. I didn't listen to this, so I don't know the tone of his voice or the direction he took on the audio session that he did. But he went from kind of giving you an explanation as if he knew what it was and making it sound bad. And then he goes on to say, yeah, it will remain private and it's not going to be making headlines or anything like that. It's going to remain a family problem. Something's going on. I'm pretty sure it will not get out. But then he says, not imminently. Anyway, now there is word going around in the company that people have been seeking to find out what caused her to make this decision. It's well known that Stephanie, much like her father, breathes and lives WWE. And like I said, she rarely takes any breaks at all. You know, I don't want I don't want to sit here and and claim I know everything, but I'm going to give you guys a couple of talking points and I want you guys to do with it as you must, okay? It could be a situation where Stephen McMahon is upset about the direction of the company and she's upset and butted heads with management, upset and butted heads with Nick Khan and Vince McMahon and everybody else that Vince seemingly trusts more than he does his own family, and she decided to walk away, if you don't need me and you're giving him all of the power in the company, what the fuck do you need me for? Type of situation. So she put it out there that she was going to focus on her family because that's exactly what she's going to go and do and focus on her family. It could be something like that. It could be a... Medical issue within the family. COVID is still going around. In fact, COVID numbers are on the rise once again. Who knows what it could be? It could be something regarding somebody's health within the family. The kids, somebody, Shane, somebody. We, we don't know. And the, and the McMahons, you know, it's going to be like pulling teeth to find out what's going on. We didn't even know what happened to Triple H until Triple H made a statement on ESPN with Stephen A. Smith. It could be something along the lines of an illness or a family member being ill or a family member, you know, going through the last stages of their life. I I don't know. And that would be, yes, Stephanie McMahon focusing on her family. Or the way Wade Keller made it sound in the first quote that I read to you. I have not been told to expect the reasons that Stephanie is stepping away to come out. But the implication is there are reasons 
This isn't going to be a public scandal, but it's something. Do you honestly want to know what I thought of? Do you want to know what the first thing that I thought of when I read this report by Wade Keller? The first thing that I thought about was that Stephen McMahon and Triple H were on the verge of divorce. That's what I read. That's what I felt. That's what I thought while I read this excerpt from Wade Keller. It could be a possibility that Stephen McMahon and Triple H are getting a divorce. I don't know. It could be. It's not something that I know anything about. We don't know anything outside of what I just read to you, but it could be something. It could be something along the lines of that. Now, I say that not telling you that's what it is, so please do not misquote me. I know there'll be some geek online that wants to blast my name and say, oh, J.D. said it's a divorce. I only said it was a topical point of discussion. I don't think that it's a divorce because Triple H is back working full-time within the WWE. This is the next story I got for you. Triple H is back working full-time in the WWE. If Triple H and Stephanie McMahon were going through a divorce, I don't think that one person would be away and the other would be back at work. Triple H is back in the office. Dave Meltzer reported in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. That Triple H is back full-time in Stamford, Connecticut. Melcher noted that when Triple H was out with his health issues, Stephanie had to pick up a lot of his responsibilities in the WWE. It could be a situation where Stephanie worked herself into the ground because she not only had to do her duties with the WWE, not only did she have to do everything that the WWE required of her, but she had to be there for her family. She had to be there for Triple H. She was being tugged in three or four different directions within the WWE and then her home life with Triple H and the kids and taking care of him and then worrying about herself. Stephanie, at the end of the day, with why she's stepping away, she may just need to take time for herself because she's been so just over the top with stress. So the fact that I brought up a divorce is only a talking point. It's not that. I thought it could have been that, just the way uh, Wade Keller worded it. But with Triple H back, I don't think that has anything to do with it. What I really do think it is, is Stephen McMahon is absolutely burned the fuck out. That's why. That's why I think Stephanie took time away and she'll be back. Triple H, as you guys know, suffered a cardiac event last September and later revealed that he was struggling with viral pneumonia and at risk of heart failure. Triple H has ruled out ever wrestling again because he has a defibrillator in his heart. He's got a pacemaker in his heart. Um, Triple H, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people say still, even, even today, I see it online, I see it on Twitter, that Triple H is still running NXT. Triple H is back in Stamford, Connecticut. Triple H is back pushing pens and pencils. Triple H is back serving people coffee. Triple H is back filing papers, man. Triple H is back to being a Vince McMahon. Yes, man. Triple H is back making Bruce's Starbucks run, man. Triple H is not doing anything NXT related. He was relieved of his duties. Triple H hasn't been a part of the NXT brand 
for well over a year and a half, man. Well over a year and a half. Shawn Michaels is not running the show. Matt Bloom is not running the show. Sarah Amato is not running the show. Triple H is not running the show. It is a Bruce Pritchard production. It is a Vince McMahon production. Shawn Michaels may be the puppet sitting behind Gorilla in the Gorilla position, but Shawn Michaels has to answer to Bruce Pritchard. If if Bruce Pritchard doesn't want anything on the show, if Bruce Pritchard wants somebody pushed, if Bruce Pritchard wants somebody de-pushed, then they have to ultimately listen to Bruce Pritchard. Triple H is not in charge. Shawn Michaels is not in charge. Nobody a part of his team is in charge any longer. So Triple H is back pushing pencils. Nick Khan is taking over for Stephanie McMahon. And Stephanie McMahon is taking a leave of absence for what I believe is she's burnt the fuck out. And I don't blame her at all. If she needs a couple of months to step away, Nick Khan, man, wants to do the whole fucking gig himself anyway. So why not? Why not? If he could do it, if Vince trusts him so much, then by all means, con man, you go and run the show, bro. You go and run the show. Sasha Banks. Let me take a sip of my cold beverage, man. We're going to be here for a little bit with this one. Sasha Banks. Sasha and Naomi were suspended indefinitely live on Friday Night SmackDown. Pat McAfee's I guess reaction went viral on social media because of the way he reacted when Michael Cole told everybody that they were being suspended. They suspended them indefinitely, did WWE. Facebook WWE accounts of Sasha Banks and Naomi were deleted. WWE shop merchandise for Sasha Banks and Naomi removed. WWE stripped them of the Women's Tag Team Championships and will crown new championships via a fictional tournament that they believe they will be able to put together, but I'm here to tell you that I don't think it's physically possible in WWE whatsoever. So let's start here on Friday Night SmackDown. The situation was addressed with Sasha Banks and Naomi. They were suspended indefinitely and stripped of the women's tag team titles. Michael Cole said that Banks and Naomi let us all down when they walked out of Raw before the main event, which was supposed to be a six-pack challenge that realistically did not make any sense whatsoever. Michael Cole stated that they walked out of the building after leaving the women's tag team titles on the desk of Johnny Laurinaitis, people power. Thus, disappointing fans and the locker room within the WWE. Michael Cole then announced that Banks and Naomi were indefinitely suspended and a tournament will be held to crown new women's tag team championships. Or champions. A tournament will be held to crown new champions. Uh, let Let me ask this question first and foremost. Number one. Why are we making this a live-on-air punishment? I I don't really understand that. Did did Michael Cole really need to go out there and announce this? Or did Vince McMahon need Michael Cole to announce this live on Friday Night SmackDown? I, I think it is quite funny how WWE cites Naomi and Sasha Banks as being unprofessional 
But WWE turns around and does the same exact thing that they're blasting Naomi and Sasha Banks for. And they're being unprofessional. WWE has no fucking grounds to even use the word professional because WWE is anything but professional. These are the same fucking people that sent Mickey James her fucking gear and her shit in a goddamn black trash bag indicating what they really thought of Mickey James and how they valued Mickey James. These are the same fucking people that had Trish Stratus get on all fours and start barking like a dog in front of WWE management live on air. These are the same fucking people that had weekly mud fights, mud wrestling fights with the women. These are the same people that fired Phil Brooks on his wedding day. Amongst other things that I'm sure you guys can come up with. These people have no ground to use the word professional. Give me a fucking break. Number two, what tournament are you having? On what fucking planet, on what show, are you holding a women's tag team tournament? You do realize that out of the main roster, you have one team. One team. And that is Doe Drop and Nikki Ash. And they have been a team for about three weeks. Don't tell me Natalia and Shayna Baszler are a tag team because they are not. That's basically telling me Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler were a tag team when Nia Jax was still employed with the company. No, they were not a tag team. And no, Shayna Baszler and Natalia are not a fucking tag team. The only other tag teams that WWE have are in NXT. They have Casey Cotanzaro, or Katana Chance is her name, and her partner down there. What the fuck is her name? Caden Carter, right? That's her name. That's the only other team you got on NXT besides Toxic Attraction. Two teams. You got two tag teams on NXT, and that is it. The other teams, they're makeshift tag teams, or tag teams that maybe made one or two appearances but aren't really a pivotal part of the show. So I ask again, what tag teams are you using for this imaginary tournament that you seemingly have announced live on air when you announced that Sasha Banks and Naomi were suspended indefinitely from WWE? There is no fucking tournament. I don't even know why you still have tag team championships after this particular incident. What WWE should do and what they should say is that, yes, we as a company have let you down as far as building a suitable women's tag team division. We've let you all down. We let the belts down. We are now hereby just retiring the championships and getting rid of them never to be seen ever again. That's what they should do. There's no reason to have tag team championships on Monday or Friday. It is an absolute waste of fucking time. You don't have enough tag team. You don't even have enough women on the main roster to even make a fucking division. Just look at SmackDown. SmackDown is the only thing you really need to pay attention to as far as that statement that I just made. There are no women on Friday night to make a really competitive division, one that really is going to stand out as a true Division, you want tag team championships on Monday and Friday night, and you can't even keep the fucking Monday night and Friday night women's divisions afloat. Get rid of them. 
I don't know why we need NXT Tag Team Championships either. The NXT Tag Team Championships are just as worthless as the, the, the main roster women's tag team championships. I said this from day one. They didn't even have a fucking match to crown champions. They just awarded them to Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. That was it. They just awarded them, or they, were, they awarded them to Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, who then lost them to Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Oh my God, how could I forget? Absolutely unnecessary. Now, if WWE wants to get rid of the NXT Tag Team Championships and retire them and retire Toxic Attraction as the final, final women's tag team ever to hold those championships, I would be okay with that. Because at that point, then that frees NXT to be involved in this women's tag team tournament that WWE seemingly thinks they're going to get together with just Monday night and Friday night only. If WWE got rid of the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships and retired those titles with Toxic Attraction, that would lead Toxic Attraction to maybe get involved with the Women's Tag Team Championships on the main roster, and you have a little bit more flexibility as far as teams. You got three down there in NXT. You got Doe Drop and Nikki Ash. You could use Shayna Baszler and Natalya. You could come up with something, I'm sure. But even then... You're really stretching it thin. You don't have enough teams to really compete for that championship even after the tournament has concluded. WWE is really, really floating up Shit's Creek with this possible decision to crown a new champion in a tournament, a tournament that right now is seemingly impossible, a tournament right now that is impossible because you don't have any fucking teams. The way I see it right now, the tournament is going to be one bracket only, and that's two teams fighting over the fucking championship because WWE stripped them, stripped Sasha Banks and Naomi of the tag team championships. It's an absolute waste of time. It's a joke. It is a fucking joke. I don't know why we have to sit here every single week and talk about the women's tag team championships when there's no good way to go about it. You don't want the championships. The people who advocated for them don't want the championships. The WWE doesn't want the championships. I don't want the championships. Get rid of them. Just get them, put them in the warehouse in Stanford, and fucking retire them, never to be seen again. That is the best fate for the tag team titles. Now, while speaking on Busted Open Radio, I love how people, the reports out there, claim that Sasha Banks and Naomi, specifically Sasha Banks, has no support backstage in WWE. Well, it seemingly looks like that Sasha Banks has a lot more support coming out of the AEW locker room than she does her own fucking locker room in WWE. Mark Henry. Mark Henry addressed the Sasha Banks and Naomi walkout. Henry claimed his issue was with WWE personnel who called the two of them unprofessional. My issue, says Henry, was not even with the walkout. My issue was not even with the disagreement or the disclaimer. My issue was with people on the show saying that was unprofessional because I will have to tell you right now that if that was my wife and I'm working on that show, I'm seriously going to walk down to the announce table and I'm going to say, hey, you stay professional, do your job, and then I won't have to walk down here to the ring to tell you not to do that again. 
There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Bill DeMott. He used to be the trainer down at the Performance Center in WWE. Bill DeMott expressed his thoughts on the matter via his private Twitter account. DeMott said WWE was acting hypocritically in their treatment of Banks and Naomi. He compared their situation to the way WWE's completely ignored Sonny's DUI manslaughter arrest. He says, and I quote, so they will come out on WWE television and tell us all how Sasha Banks and Naomi are unprofessional, but they will not address a Hall of Fame superstar who has killed someone after numerous DUIs. I wonder how this looks to the public, end quote. Now, DeMott, DeMott clearly, and I don't blame him at all because Sonny is a complete shit show. She is a complete raving lunatic, a menace to society, and a fucking alcoholic. And she's a fucking disgrace to all human beings everywhere. Bill DeMott obviously has an issue with Sonny, but the reason he is so adamant about Sonny's DUI manslaughter arrest and the fact that she was released on bond and then the judge actually reversed that, and now she's behind bars where she is and should be, DeMott had a daughter that was actually killed by a DUI drunk driver. So I could see why he's upset about this particular situation because nobody like that should be roaming free after four DUI arrests, and your license is fucking revoked in two goddamn states, I believe. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. She got 21 counts of something in one state and 16 counts of, some, of something in the other. Seriously. So I can see where he's coming from, and I don't blame him at all. Fans, then, after Friday night, were obviously on WWE shop, wanting, wanting to support Naomi and Sasha Banks, Fans were looking to purchase Sasha Banks and Naomi merchandise on WWE.com. Now, they're no longer able to as of Friday night with the announcement that they were suspended. WWE has pulled the dedicated sections of Sasha Banks and Naomi from WWE shop, at least for now. If you do a search on the page right now and you type in either of their names, you get a picture of Papa Shango leading you to parts unknown. They're not even on the fucking website. Their Facebook pages are separate from their personal accounts. They're run by WWE staff in regards to their particular characters. Sasha Banks has a Facebook page, a fan page per se. So does Naomi. Banks officially has 3 million followers on Facebook via this fan account. 
And Naomi has 1.8 million followers via this fan account. And they deleted them from the WWE Facebook pages. Now, this may or may not be related to anything, but several fans even sent in word that Sasha Banks immediately following this disagreement on Monday unfollowed a bunch of WWE accounts on Twitter. Some of the names unfollowed by Sasha Banks included Bailey, Becky Lynch, The Usos, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns. And Vince McMahon was also unfollowed. I'm shocked by Bailey. That's the one I'm shocked by. Bailey, I know, is in 100% agreement with whatever Sasha Banks had did and is continuing to do following Monday in WWE. I can't imagine that Bailey is against Sasha Banks. Or maybe she is. That's why she got unfollowed. But the two names, the two names that I'm very, very, very curious about are Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Those are the two names that I'm really, really keeping an eye on here. Why did she unfollow Becky Lynch and, and Seth Rollins? I've been saying for months that Becky Lynch is a selfish bitch. She's just as bad as Charlotte Flair. Could that have anything to do with it? Was J.D. right once again? Is Becky Lynch at a point in her career right now where she is all about herself and not about the division at all. And then obviously Seth Rollins is married to Becky Lynch. That's Becky Lynch's husband. So fuck him as well for being associated with Becky Lynch. I don't know. Certainly something to keep an eye on. Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, the Usos. Why were the Usos unfollowed? I don't know why the Usos weren't followed. They support Naomi. They support Sasha Banks. They said so via their Facebook, or not Facebook, their Instagram stories. They said so via their Instagram stories. I don't know why the Usos were unfollowed and Roman Reigns were unfollowed, but I don't know. Shows where WWE's allegiance lies. They put everything into that bloodline basket and none to anywhere else in the company. Banks is currently following only six accounts. Naomi, a couple of fan side accounts, John Cena, Tamina Snuka, and obviously Snoop Dogg. Banks and Naomi have not said anything publicly as of today, but plenty has been coming out from backstage, and there have been reports saying that most, if not all, of the locker room has shown zero sympathy for them. Aside from the reported reaction from backstage and WWE statement on the matter, we don't have the complete picture yet. Obviously, there are two sides to every story. I, I don't really think that will apply here. I'm not giving WWE any side to tell their fucking story because more than likely, it is the wrong story. WWE is already showing you where they lie in this situation. And I know everything I need to know on this situation to a point where I'm not even giving WWE any reason to fucking talk. They're a bunch of fucking con artists. They're a bunch of bullshit artists. Another thing to consider is that their contracts are set to expire sometime within the next couple of months, so they may be done with the company altogether. And if that's the case, then that puts other companies in play to offer both of them contracts, which is probably the last thing that Vince McMahon wants to have happen. It's unclear if they will be staying with the company, and it's not clear if the suspension means 
that their current contract is going to be frozen. Now, I don't think that their contracts are going to be frozen because they only walked out on Monday. If WWE is going to freeze their contracts, then they would have to freeze them for Monday, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if they want to be a little fucking risque about it. But WWE actively on air live on Friday night suspended them indefinitely. This is not something where they walked out and they're missing shows on their own accord. WWE took it upon themselves to now suspend Naomi and Sasha Banks. And they, per company policy, are keeping them off television. That's not Naomi and Sasha Banks' problem. That was a matter taken up by WWE. They can't freeze their contracts. I don't see how that would freeze their contracts. WWE indefinitely suspended them according to WWE ruling. So that's not going to work. Sasha Banks was actually last seen in Minneapolis on Friday. This is something that I saw on social media. She was with Snoop Dogg's son, Calvin, on the way to hang out at the late Prince's house. So she was in Minneapolis on Friday, and somebody that listens to the PW Insider audio show notified them that one of their listeners were on a flight with Sasha Banks headed towards Minnesota. So I saw the clip on Twitter, and she was indeed where the report says she was, and that was with Snoop Dogg's son, Calvin, and she was doing whatever she had to do. Now, there is zero sympathy. I love this. Zero sympathy backstage in WWE for Sasha Banks. All of this zero sympathy talk came from Brian Alvarez. Came from Brian Alvarez. Now, I don't know who Brian Alvarez knows. I I don't know who Brian Alvarez speaks to. I don't know his sources. But, But clearly, this was bullshit. Shayna Baszler posted some very cryptic tweet online. The Usos posted something cryptically on Instagram via their stories. There, Natalia said something, right? I think Natalia was in the comment section of somebody showing support for Sasha Banks and Naomi. So the fact that there's zero sympathy backstage, according to Brian Alvarez, for Sasha Banks is a complete bullshit lie. Now, I quite enjoy Brian Alvarez. I think Brian Alvarez and, and I, if we sat down over a cup, of, a cup of coffee or a fucking couple of old fashions, I think we'd get along pretty, pretty great. It, it, it's almost as if he's me and I'm him. We have the same viewpoint on WWE. I I quite enjoy Brian Alvarez's take on the current product, which, I mean, if you love people shitting on the product for all the right reasons, then go listen to Brian Alvarez. But I think he got this one completely wrong. I don't know who fed him information, but clearly somebody made him look like a blithering idiot. Alvarez said this this week on The Observer, and I quote, You would think that if you have a company full of folks that are presented with bad creative all the time and get frustrated with the creative Well, you you would think if Sasha and Naomi were handed bad creative and they finally took a stand and they just said, no, I ain't doing this. I'm out of here. And they walked. Well, you would think that all the other wrestlers would be on their side and would back them. He's right on that. I, I don't really understand why nobody was backing them as far as bad creative. It almost seemed like the reason why they walked out, which was justified, everybody was backing the company. Everybody was backing WWE. As almost in a way where they're kind of agreeing with WWE in saying that the creative wasn't bad at all. The creative isn't bad at all on a weekly basis. 
Nobody that backed Sasha and Naomi clearly were telling you that they're all right and they're okay with the creative. They're a bunch of fucking bullshit artists. They can't say so because nobody wants their their position and their status on the show to be ruined for public support of Sasha Banks and Naomi. They would say, finally, someone stood up for themselves because I see a lot of fans showing support for Sasha Banks and Naomi. Well, you would think that the wrestlers dealing with this every day would say the same thing. Now, clearly they can't. Who's going to say what? You expect Becky Lynch to say something? Becky Lynch doesn't give a fuck if Sasha Banks is there or not. Becky Lynch is the type of woman that wants Sasha Banks out of the company. Becky Lynch doesn't give a shit about the women's division. Sasha Banks is somebody that threatens Becky Lynch's position at the top of the card. Becky Lynch wants all of that for herself. The old Becky Lynch would love to have Sasha Banks in and around the division because the old Becky Lynch was for the betterment of the women's division. This Becky Lynch is some fucking fake rock star who thinks she's bigger than she is and she ain't drawing a dime on Monday night. She wants everything for herself, just like Charlotte Flair wants everything for herself on Friday night. Imagine not sticking up for terrible creative. Imagine. Imagine not sticking up for Sasha Banks and Naomi. I don't understand it. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair and everybody else, man, it bleeds down from the top. Sasha and Bailey actively made everything in this division what it is today. And now Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair are doing the absolute opposite in showing how they only care about themselves and not the division. Because if they did, then nobody would be standing for this terrible fucking creative that was given to them and the terrible creative that Sasha Banks had to go through and the terrible creative that Naomi had to go through. I don't know why you're backing the company and not your own locker room. It's quite disgusting. I'm literally aware of two people that have publicly said anything positive about Sasha. The funny thing is, this is all on Sasha. I haven't heard anything about Naomi. No one has even mentioned Naomi. It's all Sasha. This was a complete smear campaign for Sasha Banks. Naomi, nobody said anything about Naomi. In fact, the only thing I read about Naomi was the fact that Naomi was manipulated by Sasha Banks, once again blaming Sasha Banks, and that everybody loves Naomi. I call bullshit on that. I don't think Sasha Banks manipulated anybody, man. Give me a break. Naomi isn't a grown fucking woman to go and walk out on her. Who's to say Naomi didn't fucking walk out on her own and Sasha Banks followed along? Nobody's ever going to fucking hear about that, right? What if that was the case? Does anybody ask fucking questions? Maybe flip the script a little bit. What if Naomi walked out? What if Naomi walked out and Sasha Banks was the one who followed her friend out? Both of them have reasons to want to walk out anyway. Sasha had her fucking reasons. Sasha could have walked out. I would have backed that woman 1,000% on any given day four times on Sunday. Naomi has every reason to want to walk out as well. Naomi has been pretty much suppressed through the majority of her WWE career. WWE gave her a tag team championship and made her feel important. Don't you think she would want to take that and continue to make that important? She's got this role. She's got this spot. She wants to make it the best that she could be. 
And WWE isn't giving her anything to work with in the position that they gave her. They want her to go do something else for somebody else and not give anything to Naomi at all. Everybody's enamored with, oh, Naomi was going to get a top spot. Sasha Banks was going to get a top spot. Sasha Banks is at the top spot in the company for a very, very short time. Every single time they put her there. And then they dumb her down for some reason. Naomi hasn't been in a top spot, period. And everybody loves Naomi. Everybody wants to see Naomi succeed in WWE. But nobody's really asking the question, oh, it's all on Sasha, it's all on Sasha. What if it's on Naomi? What if Naomi walked out? What if Sasha didn't manipulate Naomi and everybody was talking shit about Sasha because they want Sasha gone because of what Sasha does to threaten their standing in the company. Sasha's too outwardly spoken. We don't need that here. We're not going to need anybody here that's going to be defiant against creative. We want somebody that's going to fucking tuck their, twi- their, their tail in between their legs and be very subservient and obedient to WWE. That's the type of person Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair want in the company. They don't want people like Naomi and Sasha Banks in the company. They want people that are going to be like, yes, Vince. Yes, Bruce. Whatever you want, Vince. Whatever you want, Bruce. I just want to be on TV. I could take 15 losses in a row and I could lose four pay-per-views to Becky Lynch. I don't care. That's the type of person that they want. That's the type of person Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair want on TV. They don't want somebody like Sasha Banks in that locker room because Sasha Banks knows what's up and Sasha Banks is going to talk bullshit when she needs to talk the shit. Seriously. Alvarez, all on Sasha. All on Sasha. Alvarez pointed out that William Regal even commented about this situation this week, saying that he put his own job on the line to get Sasha Banks signed several years ago. And Dax Harwood made a comment about taking your career into your own hands. CM Punk even said something today, I believe it was, or maybe it was yesterday. Punk actually tweeted, and I quote, It doesn't matter if your opinion of your coworker is positive or negative. Stand with them because they'll do the same to you and you'll wish somebody would have helped. Trust me, you are expendable. Together, you are unstoppable. Now, a lot of people actually took CM Punk and what he said there and kind of threw it in his face because a lot of people thought that CM Punk was the last person to say something like that. But this is a new CM Punk. This is a very, very happy CM Punk with where he is in his professional career and his life. And I agree with him 100%. Everybody always says the same thing, man. Stand together. You're more dangerous together instead of doing this by yourself. So I agree with him 100%. Seems like more in the AEW locker room are standing up for Sasha Banks and Naomi and nobody in the WWE locker room outside of the names that I just previously mentioned. Uh, Shayna Baszler and Natalia, Tamina, Right, and uh, who, who else? So there was somebody else sticking up for them. The Usos obviously were sticking up for them, but they got unfollowed on social media. There are people in the locker room that are sticking up for them, but we'll never find out the names that are not sticking up for them. And so I'm assuming Becky Lynch is not one of those people because she got unfollowed on social media. And I'm sure most of the arguments centered around Becky Lynch on Monday coming out of that six-pack challenge. 
I hope you do know that Becky Lynch and that six-pack challenge probably caused a stir backstage to a point where she wanted something and Sasha wanted something and Becky wanted something and Sasha wanted something. And WWE, like the fucking scumbags that they are, bended to Becky Lynch's requests and said, fuck Sasha Banks because Becky in their eyes is the biggest star and Sasha is not. Alvarez continues. Internally, I'm sure Jimmy Uso is sticking up for Naomi and everything like that. Sure, somebody internally is going to do whatever. But I have not heard from one person, not one, that is sticking up for Sasha and Naomi. And not only are they not sticking up for Sasha and Naomi, but boy, have I heard a lot of terms thrown around. Most of them are some derivative of the word Mark. Mark. Fucking Mark, a Mark to a degree that is unfathomable, he said. I have heard zero support for Sasha Banks in this situation. So quite frankly, if you want, you can get mad at me if you want. I've been a lot nicer on this show than anything I've heard from people in WWE over the last 24 hours. Hey, if you want to come at me, then go for it. Zero support. I'm talking zero for Sasha Banks and Naomi. It's funny. Because I haven't heard anyone say anything about Naomi, and she walked out too. It's all about Sasha. I've heard it all. Mark, Diva, the list goes on. There is zero support for Sasha Banks walking out of WWE over all of this. People are furious. They think it's ridiculous. They think that she's whatever. So that's the story. Where this goes, I don't know. But literally every single bit of support that I've seen for Sasha Banks coming out of this has either been from the people in another company that weren't there last night and the fans. That's it. Her actual co-workers have zero sympathy for what happened here. I think that should probably tell you something. Again, we largely have the official WWE side of the story of everything that happened, but I also heard from a lot of people, obviously off record in WWE, and they are not sympathetic to this at all. Of course they're not. Why would WWE ever admit that they were fucking wrong? Like Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon are going to admit that they were fucking wrong in the Sasha Banks and Naomi situation? Of course they're not. They can't admit any time they are wrong. So I I don't really understand why anybody is reading this or listening to me read this quote from Alvarez expecting anything else. Of course they're not going to be for Sasha Banks and Naomi. These people have a fucking problem admitting when they are wrong. And they're wrong nine out of ten times. I think that kind of tells you that she didn't like some creative, but the other wrestlers probably looked at the creative and thought, dude, what are you complaining about? Both of you are going to be headlining a pay-per-view in singles championship matches. This is your job. It's not all about that. It's not all about that. That's what Sasha and Naomi are trying to get across to people everybody's like, oh my God, why don't they just go do their jobs? They're going to headline against Bianca Belair and Ronda Rousey at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. It's not all about that. It's not all about that. And I want you guys to very, very well understand where I'm coming from when I say that. PW Insider reported that Naomi was set to challenge Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship at Hell in a Cell and Sasha Banks would have challenged Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship at the same show, at Hell in a Cell. Again, it seemingly looks like everybody is 
looking at this Alvarez report, there's no support. Meanwhile, Punk, Dax Harwood, other people in AEW, Mark Henry, Mickey James even stood up and supported Naomi and Sasha Banks on Busted Open Radio, where she is now a new co-host. Mickey James reflected on the situation, saying it was unfortunate, but she also applauds the women for standing up for themselves, saying this, and I quote, When you go, they made a stand for them, but the machine keeps going. That's a reality of when things get to this point. Not a lot of people stand up for themselves. I think there is a lot of times where people want to say something or feel a certain way or do something and feel justified in feeling that way as they should. However, they don't say anything and they put a smile on and walk out there and do their job, whether they like it or not. We've all done that. That's another reason why I applaud them for standing up for themselves. It's a big statement, and it's unfortunate that they felt the need to get to that level. And it's unfortunate that you don't hear people standing up for themselves, and it gets to a point that it gets to. Mickey James also went on to say, Sasha is a star. She commented on whether or not she thinks Sasha or Naomi would have difficulty landing another gig in light of the situation. Sasha is a star. Oh, are their companies going to be worried about working with them? No, because they are stars. You can't take away from the value that they have about being over at merchandise sales and talent and the ability and the love and the passion that they have for this business. That's probably more about what this is, unpacking it all. If they were pouring their love into something and feeling like it wasn't valued, that's very frustrating. We can all understand being frustrated at times. I'm sure we've all had our gripes. You think it's the power of social media, but WWE is the one that pulled the trigger on letting the cat out of the bag. People are only hearing that one side of it. Now, according to Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Live, WWE talent cannot understand Sasha Banks and Naomi's decision to walk out, especially because they were set for notable matches at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Talent that we've been in contact with could not understand their position, noting that they were booked for major singles matches, major title matches on pay-per-view. While they would lose singles matches on pay-per-view with Belair and Rousey, would be the best opportunity to showcase themselves even if losing. You know, a lot of people don't really understand that this is just not about Hell in a Cell. A lot of people don't understand that is that this is not only about Hell in a Cell. You guys need to understand that this dates back even before the year started. This dated back to when Ronda Rousey and Bianca Belair, last year with Sasha, when Ronda Rousey was there the first time. And this is what I said on Tuesday when I did this big live stream in front of everybody. You're asking Sasha Banks to put over and help aid in getting Ronda Rousey over. How do you think? How do you think Sasha Banks feels about that? Sasha Banks already laid down for Ronda Rousey in the first Ronda Rousey stint, With the company, WWE seemingly had Ronda Rousey built up and the women's division and the women's evolution, the women's revolution 
all at a high point. It's never been as high as when Becky and Charlotte and Ronda were in that ring on that night at MetLife Stadium in the main event of WrestleMania for the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. WWE took everything that Ronda Rousey did before that and a match with Sasha Banks was included in that one-year run. They wasted it all. WWE wasted it all. Sasha Banks seemingly helped Ronda Rousey get the division and get the revolution where it needed to be, okay? Sasha Banks had no fucking problem with that because she knew where the division could have went, could have been. Now, you're asking Sasha Banks to do the same thing again and lay down for Ronda again. You don't think that woman knows that you fucking dropped the ball on creating a viable women's division? You don't think that woman knows that she laid down the first time for Ronda Rousey and it meant nothing? Now you're asking her to lay down for Ronda Rousey again, again, and have it mean nothing. What is Sasha going to do going into Hell in a Cell that Ronda hasn't already done? WWE, seemingly, from my point of view, is overvaluing Ronda. And they're undervaluing Sasha Banks. Ronda Rousey hasn't drawn a fucking dime for WWE. Ronda Rousey hasn't been a fucking tick in the ratings on Friday night for WWE on SmackDown. In fact, she's made everything worse. She's made TV worse. She's had some bomb fucking matches or matches. That that, that means to me, WWE has put Ronda in a situation where she's bombed and failed. Failed. That match with Charlotte at WrestleMania was a fucking disaster in every way, shape, or form. The mix, uh, the, the tag team match in Saudi Arabia was another fucking disaster. Ronda stepped in the ring, and she hasn't measured up. You're asking Sasha to once again do something that Ronda should be capable of doing herself, and that is getting over. Sasha knows that Ronda has bombed this year. Why would she want to be a part of that? Sasha knows where her value is, and her value is not going towards Ronda because you didn't do anything with Ronda the first time. Let's rewind back. Let's rewind back. You don't think this stems from Sasha being pulled from WrestleMania either? Oh, it absolutely does. We all know that Sasha was scheduled to go one-on-one with Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship, for all we know. Sasha Banks should have been beating Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship. You don't think Sasha holds some sort of fucking anger in her that Ronda Rousey came back on night one, drew number 30, was given the number 30 position in the Royal Rumble, given the Royal Rumble match completely, which was a fucking failure in its own right. WWE struggled to fill that match with women, and they made it a mockery of fucking half of it being divas and legends. They built the entire match and gave it to Ronda Rousey. You don't think Sasha Banks has a fucking problem with that? You think that's all right? You think Sasha Banks looking at Ronda's first run, looking at it be great, WWE dropping the ball, and then fucking up the division only to call Ronda Rousey back again? To do the same thing again, instead of relying on Sasha and Naomi and women like that. You think that's okay? You think that's all right? 
that woman doesn't think it's all right. That, that woman doesn't think it's right at all. So why wouldn't she voice her opinion? Why wouldn't she voice her concern? Oh, now we're voicing our concerns. Now you voice your concern, you're indefinitely fucking suspended from the company. You're stripped of the women's tag team championships, the titles, the very titles that you wanted instituted in the company. They take them away from you, showing you how valuable you are to them and how valuable the fucking titles are to the company. Zero. Zero. So you're asking Sasha Banks to do you a favor, to do you a solid. Meanwhile, you haven't done anything to show Sasha Banks that you value Sasha Banks. So I'm failing to see how people can't comprehend this. Why is it so difficult for people to understand why Sasha is upset? Fans and locker room alike. Now, the the locker room can't be that fucking stupid. The locker room can't be that fucking stupid. So then we get to Monday. Then we get to Monday. I'll get to Naomi in a second. We we get to Monday and WWE right at the top. Right at the top promoting a six-pack challenge. Six-pack challenge for the opportunity to wrestle Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell. Why? Why? Now we need a six-pack challenge. Why do we have to go through these, these fucking childish matches to determine a number one contender? Why? Shouldn't number one contenders be developed through winning matches? Shouldn't there be one woman who constantly wins matches on TV and then gets the title shot at the pay-per-view so we get some semblance of, oh my God, this woman's on the up. This woman's accumulated some victories together for herself. She should go against Bianca Belair at the pay-per-view. No, you're going to take six women, six women who don't have enough collectively to buy a fucking cup of coffee, let alone get a fucking championship match at the pay-per-view, and you are putting these six women who don't deserve a fucking thing in a number one contenders match, and that is your level of creative. Becky Lynch and Asuka. Becky Lynch is a loser. She hasn't won anything since she just came back from WrestleMania. First couple of appearances since WrestleMania. She's right back into the title picture. Why? Doesn't back of the line mean something to Becky Lynch? Of course not. She wants the division all for herself. She thinks she's big time Bex. Doesn't work that way. You're not as over as you think you are. You're not as good as you think you are. Asuka. Asuka just got back. Why is she even getting a title opportunity? She's been out for a fucking year. Why is she getting an opportunity? Then you got two tag teams thrown into this six-pack challenge. You got Doe Drop and Nikki Ash, Sasha Banks and Naomi. I, I'm sorry, where, where does that make sense? Just based off that, if Sasha Banks and Naomi came to me, if I was head of creative and they came to me about that, why are we in this match? That's all that's needed. To start asking fucking questions. Why are we in this match? Why are there two tag teams that should realistically be going against each other in this match? There are no other women on the roster? Did everybody take the fucking night off? Where's Liv Morgan? Where's Carmella? Where's Alina? Where's Shayna? Where's Natty? Where's Rhea Ripley? Where are they? Where's Shotzi? Where's Zia Lee? Where's Aaliyah? You called Sasha and Naomi from SmackDown. Meanwhile, you could have called anybody from SmackDown to make sense of this match, but you called Sasha and Naomi, and the reason why they walked out is because you called them there to do something that did not make any sense, and it bubbled over on top of everything else that I just previously mentioned to you about Sasha Banks. Naomi has her own gripes as well. Naomi 
They wanted Naomi to pin Sasha Banks on her way to winning this match on Monday. That never happened. Naomi was supposed to pin Sasha Banks and go on to get the title shot against Bianca Belair. Naomi is a SmackDown superstar. Naomi is a tag team champion alongside Sasha Banks. Bianca Belair, it was reported, WWE wanted Naomi to help get Bianca Belair a little bit more over. What? How? Why? Didn't Bianca Belair just go through a great match with Becky Lynch? That should have been the culmination of her being over. Why do we need Naomi for that? You don't think Sasha Banks was upset about that on behalf of Naomi? That woman was probably in the creative meeting asking herself, what? I did all that I did for this woman last year, WrestleMania, and you want Naomi, and you think, no, no, pardon you, pardon me, no disrespect at all. You want Naomi to do something that I already did that she's never going to even be able to accomplish that I did last year. You don't think Sasha Banks questioned on on Naomi's behalf? How? How does that make any sense at all? I don't get it. Yet there are people in the company that that, that don't understand why they're upset. Why they're upset? Look at everything that had happened and look at everything that had transpired. They should have been teaming together against Dodrop and Nikki Ash. That was the planned direction that made sense. WWE could have changed the landscape of this match like that. That didn't need to include Sasha Banks and Naomi. Dodrop or Nikki Ash. You could have easily found four women to put into that match. Seemed like WWE did it on purpose. For one reason or another. And I don't know why. Now the match got changed to Becky Lynch versus Asuka. Becky Lynch versus Asuka. You don't think? Going to throw this one out there as well, man. I'm going to hit a three-pointer swish. Game winning right at the buzzer. You don't think? You don't think Becky Lynch? It's reported that Becky Lynch came up with the idea to do the one-on-one match with Asuka, being that everything had to be changed on Monday night. Why would Becky Lynch want Asuka to win the match? You don't think Becky Lynch had it in her mind already to do what she did on Monday, give Asuka the opportunity, have Asuka pin Becky Lynch on her way to Hell in a Cell to wrestle Bianca Belair? You don't think that Becky Lynch is in a situation right now where she's probably lobbying to beat Bianca Belair and get the championship back because of how she is and who she is to the company and the women's division? You'd think. Think about this for a second. Think about this for a second. This is not new information. I've been saying this shit for months on the show. You think Becky Lynch wants to put over Bianca Belair at hell in a cell? In a nothing D-level pay-per-view that is not SummerSlam or Money in the Bank? Just think about that for a second. Why would Becky Lynch want to put over Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell? She gave that to Asuka, not because she is for Asuka, not because she's for the women's division, but because Becky Lynch wants Bianca for herself at either SummerSlam or Money in the Bank. More than likely after this, we'll get Asuka, Becky, and Bianca in some triple threat match at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and then we'll get Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch again at SummerSlam because WWE is clearly out of options. 
Meanwhile, what they're doing is suppressing everybody else and they're holding everybody else back. But believe it or not, Becky Lynch is not the answer to any of your fucking problems. She may think she is, but she's not. You just turned Rhea Ripley heel. You just aligned Rhea Ripley with Edge. Why aren't we booking Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair for one of the big stadium shows after you just transformed her into a heel to join the Judgment Day? Why aren't you booking those two women when they clearly have history together? All you need to go back and do is reference their last two times in the Royal Rumble. When Bianca Belair won the Royal Rumble, when she won the Royal Rumble, she had a back and forth with Rhea Ripley. They have a history together. You could easily reference that and everything in between and everything that they did coming up in NXT. I mean, it's a shoe-in storyline. Why are we still hanging our hat on Becky Lynch? And why aren't we going with Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship? Something that absolutely makes sense to move away from what WWE has already done. What more could Becky and Bianca do? Why? Now, I don't know if Becky's going to opt to put over Bianca. Again, she's already done that at WrestleMania. You don't think that WWE would go right back around and do the same thing that they did to Bianca last year and take the title off of her at SummerSlam? Put it right back on Becky Lynch? Give me a break. There's only two women in this company that ever gave a shit about the women's division, and that is Sasha Banks. You could say Naomi does as well. I don't want to leave her out at all. Ember Moon, she's fired. And Bailey, she's hurt. All the bullshit. All the bullshit. Ryan Satin reported, and I'm sure he got his fucking sources from Alexa Bliss, right, back in the day when Sasha Banks and, and Bailey lost the tag team titles to the fucking Iconics. All the stories you heard about them crying in the hallways and them throwing temper tantrums and then causing a scene and all this other bullshit, none of it ever happened. None of it ever happened. Sasha Banks even came out and publicly said so. None of it ever happened. It was all a smear campaign against Sasha Banks, just like this is. This is nothing more than a smear campaign. If you can't decipher why this woman and why Naomi walked out of the company on Monday, if you think that it has something to do with being booked in a fucking nothing six-pack challenge, if you don't think that this stems from years for Sasha Banks and Naomi, you are absolutely one misinformed fucking idiot. This goes deeper than just a six-pack fucking challenge on Monday night for a Raw Women's Championship at Hell in a Cell. That has nothing to do with that. Nothing. Everything that I just previously mentioned was the reason. The fucking six-pack challenge was the cherry on top of the I'm done with your bullshit Sunday. So the contracts are expiring. Supposedly, they are expiring. Dave Meltzer discussed the latest situation with their contracts, Sasha and Naomi's contracts on the Wrestling Observer Radio. He was told that Naomi's WWE contract is expiring soon, and prior to Monday, she was in talks for a new deal. Meltzer says, on Monday's show, I mentioned Trinity's contract. So the deal is, and this was brought up to me as well, her contract, I guess it's expiring soon, but she was in negotiations for a new deal. It's possible that they might go with the idea that she's not leaving no matter what. Her family's here. Her husband's here. 
and they don't feel the leverage they might have felt with a Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn situation, or if someone were to lowball them, they're going to leave. We have to give them a pretty big offer. In her case, maybe they wouldn't do it. But most people who are getting new deals are getting substantial raises. Meltzer said there are major raises happening in WWE due to the wrestling war with AEW, and this is a good time to make more money, including Naomi. This probably won't help her cause in negotiation. Now, on the flip side, if her deal is almost up or whatever, not too far from now, that they're renegotiating, in theory, she could just sit out and then they could freeze. Clearly, that's not going to happen because WWE took it upon themselves via the company to make a public statement and indefinitely suspend them. So freezing their contract isn't even up for debate at this point. It's the same thing with Sasha. Whenever her deal is up, which I'm assuming is the same because there were people on podcasts talking about this, about Sasha and Naomi both being up at the same time. In 2019, Sasha Banks signed a new deal. It wasn't for five years. It was for three. More money. Just re-upped the contract and renegotiate the contract. But at the, sta- the, same, the same year, per year, she got more money. But it was the same contract length, three years. It wasn't five years. Meltzer said that if you walk out for a while, they could easily freeze your contract. They can freeze it, in theory, forever if they wanted to. Meltzer brought up how WWE can't freeze the contract forever to keep a talent under contract to prevent them from going somewhere else. And at some point, the talent would just go to court and win. But it's another hassle to go through if you are said talent. Now, like I said, they can't freeze the contract because WWE already indefinitely suspended them. Sasha and Naomi's contracts are up. So this poses the question of where they are going to go and what their next move is. Naomi, I I don't know what Naomi is a question mark and big, bright marker. I I don't know. I don't know what Naomi, I don't know what Trinity is going to do. Whatever she does, I'm going to be in support of her anyway because she had the balls to walk out. And that takes a lot of balls and that really deserves respect in itself. If she stays, obviously she has a, a hundred reasons why she wants to stay make more money. She's probably going to make more money now than ever before. WWE does not want to lose her to AEW. WWE does not want to lose her, period. Uh, she is married into the Uso family, right? Oh, the Anawai family. She's married to one of the Usos, right? So she's not going anywhere. Why would she want to leave her husband? Why would she want to leave her friends, that locker room, you know, her family? There's a thousand reasons why she would not want to leave. Now, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks, I don't know what this one. This woman could do whatever the fuck she wants. This woman could retire today and go to Hollywood tomorrow and be a megastar in Hollywood. She could do whatever the fuck she wants. Sasha Banks is a star. No matter how you look at it, if this woman wants to wrestle, she will wrestle. If she wants to retire, she could easily retire and do whatever she wants. She's only 30 years old. Only 30 years old, man. She hasn't even hit the fucking prime of her career yet. You don't think this woman right now is knowing in her heart how good she is and she isn't able to really break out of her shell because she's within the WWE walls. Could you imagine a Sasha Banks outside of WWE? I don't think that's a Sasha Banks that any of us are really ready for. I honestly and genuinely believe that. I don't think we're ready for whatever Mercedes has if she leaves WWE. She's going to shut a lot of people up. I say it every fucking time it's brought up. J.D., who do you think is the best female women's wrestler on the main roster? Sasha Banks, and it's not even close. 
Not even close. Oh, no, 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 you, you can't say that, Jay. The Charlotte is better. Asuka is better. Bailey is better. It's up for discussion. Sasha Banks is the best pure professional wrestler in that women's division. The only other one that I would put above her who's not even on the main roster yet, and I pray to God she isn't ever, is Io Shirai. That's it. That is the only other woman in that company that I would put next to Sasha Banks, maybe a little bit above Sasha Banks, is Io Shirai. That is it. Sasha Banks is the best pure professional female wrestler in that company. She knows she's not valued. She's no, she, she knows she's not wanted. Apparently, according to Alvarez, the locker room doesn't want her there. The locker room isn't really showing her any sympathy whatsoever. The locker room doesn't understand why she walked out, why Naomi walked out. WWE, for all intents and purposes, is petty, 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 showing their pettiness to Sasha Banks and Naomi. Vince McMahon, without even knowing it, could actively be driving Sasha Banks right into the arms of Tony Khan and AEW. Now, this is something that I know people don't want to discuss. This is something that people don't want to ever discuss, but it needs to be discussed. If Sasha Banks is not done with professional wrestling and she is a free agent, I understand why her and her family wanted to stay with the company. Three years ago, I get it. It was a lot of money. WWE re-upped her contract. They renegotiated the contract. They kept the same length of the contract, but gave her more money. I'm sure Mikaze signed the new deal as well. WWE, they gave them whatever they needed to. That was the decision that they made as a unit. Who's to say that WWE now is not looking at Sasha Banks the same way and Sasha Banks is not looking at the WWE the same way? This is a better Sasha Banks. This is a Sasha Banks that's a lot smarter than she was three years ago. This is a Sasha Banks that right now is 30 years old in the prime or just about to hit the prime of her career. She's not even there yet. She's done everything that she could possibly do in the WWE. Women's Tag Team Champion twice. SmackDown Women's Champion. NXT Champion. Raw Women's Champion. Main Evented WrestleMania. Changed the entire perception of how you look at women's professional wrestling still to this day, owns the greatest women's match in the history of professional wrestling with Bayley. All happened in the WWE. Where she trained, where she trained and had her fucking career start, it's fucking a shell of its former self. NXT was imploded, destroyed. The women's division on the main roster is not being treated the way that it should Ever since John Laurinaitis came back to the company and Bruce Pritchard gains more power seemingly every fucking week, the women's division will never get back to what Sasha and Bayley first envisioned about women's professional wrestling. WWE is not going to bend and give Sasha what she wants. They're not going to make Sasha a fucking spotlight headlining act anymore when their favorites are Charlotte and Becky Lynch and now Bianca Belair. Sasha Banks is probably looking at all of this and really assessing the situation and asking herself for the first time in her career, what if? What if? What if she goes to AEW? What if she goes and signs a contract with Tony Khan? My goodness, man, the fucking social media foundation would crumble and would never look the same again. Sasha Banks brings with her 4.2 million Twitter followers and however many on Instagram. Sasha Banks can do whatever she wants. Sasha Banks can go to AEW 
and be the face that that division desperately needs. She can go in there on day one and make an immediate impact. I know I throw Game Changer around a lot. Sasha Banks is a star. And everybody, Keith Lee and Swerve and Punk and Brian, right? All Game Changers. We've all been guilty about using the term Game Changer. Sasha Banks signing with AEW would be greater than CM Punk coming out of retirement after seven years. Sasha Banks joining AEW would be the single greatest, biggest signing that Tony Khan has ever inked on paper. If she goes to AEW, that's it. That division is set. Why would you want to stay in a company and do exactly the same thing that you were been, you have been given and you have been given for the last three or four years? Ever since you walked away, nothing's really changed. She walked away the first time for whatever reason. WrestleMania 35, right? Right, WrestleMania 39. Now, four years ago, you took that little sabbatical, went to Japan, wrestled strong style. You did what you had to do. You found that spark again. You came back, had one of the greatest Hell in a Cell matches that the company's ever done. Right back to doing what you do. Why? Because you're the fucking boss. Came back and did it again and showed everybody that you need me. I don't fucking need you. Came back and already transcended fucking women's professional wrestling on night one after your four-month sabbatical. The division was dead after you walked away. They did nothing with Becky Lynch. I mean, we were in fucking pay-per-view matches with Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans teaming with Baron Corbin. That was the division. You came back and made it feel like it did when Ronda was there the first time. I'll give Ronda her due. Ronda was great the first year. This run, forget about it. Awful. I don't know what the fuck WWE's expecting or hoping with Ronda. She sucks. That shit is complete shit. Can you imagine Sasha Banks in AEW? She's done everything she needs to do in WWE. Winning the AEW Women's Championship, winning the Owen Cup, more opportunities for women in AEW now, more so than there were in year one, year two, or year three. She walks in on night one and is instantly the number one female in that locker room. You're going to be working for a bunch of people in a locker room that value you, that know what you bring to the table. You you, you have a boss in Tony Khan that will let you be creatively free and do whatever you want. Tony Khan will not put handcuffs on you. You will be able to go out there and wrestle. And for, for me, I'm going to be a little greedy here. You know, being who you are, I mean, you're not gonna, you're not gonna make every indie appearance, but you can go and wrestle House of Glory. I know they want you there. I know Red wants you there. I know Brian wants you there. Their, itch, their palms are itching with this fucking news. Show up in Queens and fucking burn down Queens like only you could, really. You know, AEW and Sasha Banks. It's a, it, listen. It, it's not something that. I have a crystal ball here on my desk and I could tell you it's going to happen. I don't know. I'm not going to make decisions for that woman and for her husband. But all I know is how many times can you honestly sit there and, and, and be treated and mistreated the way WWE treated you? I get why you stayed three years ago. And I know you were contemplating possibly leaving them. And you made the decision to stay. But seeing everything that you see in the division. And everything with how WWE's handled this situation has pretty much blackballed you 
and erased you. Erased you from social media, from Facebook, from the fucking intro to the WWE shop. These are people that you want to work for. These are people that you want to call your bosses. These are the people that you want to rely on. I don't know why you wouldn't even, I, I, I don't know why you would even think about giving these people the time of day. If there was ever a time for her to walk away completely, not saying that she won't ever show up, but it, what, what it may take, if your heart lies in WWE and you want to be here, it may actually take you to leave and then come back sometime in the future. You got to let them hurt. You have to let them contemplate. You have to let them sit on their mistakes. They will never learn creatively how bad they are, the way that they treat people. They will, you, you would think that they learn from Moxley's situation and everybody else that fucking left them. They will never learn unless someone like you walks away. Honestly, if Sasha walked into AEW, wrestled there for three years, came back for another couple of years in WWE and called it a day, they would treat her very differently than what they do now and how they treat Sasha Banks now. This woman, if there was ever a time in her career to walk away, this year is the time to walk away. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Get the fuck out, and that's the only way they will ever appreciate you because when you're not there, you're going to watch them fucking squirm then they'll realize we need Sasha. She was right. Sasha never needed us. Guys, let's check the chat. Let's see what's going on. I appreciate you guys joining me, man. We got near 3,000 people in the venue tonight, man. I appreciate you guys very much, man. Don't go anywhere, man. We still got another half of a loaded show coming up. I appreciate you guys very much. Hit that thumbs up, man. We got 1,100 likes in the chat. Let's try for 1,500. That is the goal. That is the minimum tonight on Off the Script. Get those super chats in. Get those memberships in. Go get your memberships, man. Hit that join button. Become an OTS VIP right here on Off the Script. Also, go get your new t-shirt, man. Bonfire is the home of the new... An exclusive Don of the IWC, JD from NY, off the script merch, exclusively sold on bonfire.com. Go and get yours today, man. I appreciate you all for joining me right here on the podcast, live on Sunday night. It is episode 431 of Off the Scripts. Moving on with the rest of the news, man. Ric Flair. Ric Flair is back in action, man. Why? I don't know. I don't know why Ric Flair wants to wrestle. Apparently, Ricky Steamboat declines offer to wrestle Ric Flair at StarCast 5. Conrad Thompson addresses the Ric Flair dark side of the ring controversy. So Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat was supposed to return to the ring in July to wrestle Ric Flair at StarCast 5 in Nashville during SummerSlam weekend. Steamboat stated during a High Spots Superstore signing that he was approached about doing the match, but he has declined the offer. He said the following. 
Well, I was approached and given it really, or and given it some really serious thought. A lot of respect to the guy in the ring. You know, both of us are night and day when it comes to stuff out of the ring. Flair wouldn't be Flair without it. I thought about it for a week and just recently said, I can't do it. I know when I wrestled Jericho at WrestleMania 25, then we had the return match at Backlash in his singles, but at 69, I know it's a six-man tag and I could get a little this and that in, but with all due respect to our fans, I want them to remember me that last time I was in there with Jericho when they chanted, you still got it. I don't want to scar that phrase. Even that night with Jericho, you know, I was working for WWE. I was one of the trainers at the school, and I was pretty active in the ring, so I had a lot of confidence in myself. But knowing Ricky now and not being able to be in the ring for a number of years, I don't want to tarnish the memory that the fans have of me. It'd be a good payday for sure, but I don't want them thinking maybe he should have stayed retired. You know, and I could get out there and maybe pull it off and say, well, you know, for a guy who's 69 years old, he should do pretty good for himself out there, but that's a double-edged sword, right? So, you know, the Dragon does have a lot of pride in his work and the way the fans remember me in the ring. I want that lasting impression. I know my physical capabilities right now. I would love to go and be able to go out there and perform like I did with Jericho. I was 56 or 57 years old, but I don't think I want my fans to remember me as the guy and not have a chance of disappointing them. That's how much I love you fans. End quote. You got to respect Ricky Steamboat, man. They did ask him. They did ask him to wrestle Ric Flair, or even even if it wasn't a singles match, a six-man tag he mentioned. Who, who was going to be part of this? I don't know. I believe it was FTR on the Rock and Roll Express, maybe. I believe that's who was also involved. He said no. He said no. Now, Now, granted, You know, as Ricky Steamboat put it, you know, I don't want to go in there and tarnish what I had. We don't want you to tarnish what you had either. We don't want to see you in there just as much as you don't want to see yourself in there. See, that's the level of human being and the level of mindset where Ricky Steamboat is at to where Ric Flair is at. Now, Ricky Steamboat also refuted Jake Roberts' claim on his podcast that Steamboat is dealing with health issues, and that's the reason why... He's not in the ring at StarCast. The Dragon stated that he has a little arthritis in his shoulders and his knees from years of wrestling, but he sees his doctor every six months and everything is fine, including his blood, his cholesterol, and his liver. Steamboat added that he still trains three times a week. It was believed that the Steamboat match would have seen him tag with the Rock and Roll Express to see them take on Flair and FTR at StarCast 5. Aside from Flair, none of the other participants have been officially announced for the show. I know Flair has been training with Jay Lethal in his own time. Flair has publicly stated he has spoken to 20 doctors to get cleared to wrestle one more time. Flair spoke with TMZ Sports and recently talked about his match and the fans' concerns for him wrestling. Flair said he's feeling great. He's not worried about something bad happening in the ring. He says, and I quote, I don't have any aches or pains. I know I've had health issues, but I've asked 40 different doctors. Is it 20 or 40? I don't know. Knowing Flair, he probably didn't talk to fucking uh, a handful of doctors. But I asked 40 different doctors, and I decided I'm only going to listen to one. Not necessarily the one that was going to give me the right answer, 
but that I felt most comfortable with. The only thing I was worried about was getting in with a pacemaker. He said, Ric Flair, there's enough scar tissue around that thing. Now that I believe it'll hold, if you want to do it, do it. That was the answer. That was the only concern. I'm not going to be able to do a moonsault. God bless those that can. For the other people that don't follow social media to understand, you don't see how much money I make from Cameo. That alone I can live on for the rest of my life. I just made a commercial for CarShield. My life is good. I don't need the money, but baby, I do like the glory. I'm never going to walk away from it. If I have a chance to get myself over, I'm going to do it, says Flair. Now, according to Conrad Thompson, the Nature Boys comeback is something many people are questioning. Some are excited. Some don't give a shit like me. I don't give a shit. Flair is scheduled to compete in Thompson's StarCast 5. This obviously is being run by Conrad Thompson. He's done all the other ones before this, so why not? Although Thompson does understand people's reasoning for questioning Flair, he also explained to an interview with Wrestling Inc. that he believes that not a lot of people know the full story. No, I totally understand. I'm a big fan of Dark Side of the Ring and all that they do And I think a lot of the folks who put it together, we've worked together on a lot of their new projects. I've been helpful behind the scenes on that, sort of helping connect the dots. I think they are creating great content, but I also know the story that they talked about is a story that is 20 years old. They got one side of the story. They did not get two. I don't know that was necessarily new information for folks who kept up with the news back then. But I would say that I don't know that the phrase comeback is really accurate. I mean, he had a a Car Shield commercial airing next week. He's been making public appearances ever since. His dance card is full on the autograph circuit. And he shot multiple television commercials since, including just one a couple of days ago. Yes, but working a Car Shield commercial, commercial isn't getting, you know, him in a position where he could fucking drop dead and have a heart attack in front of everybody. You know, I said this on Twitter. I, I know you guys, you guys don't give a shit about Ric Flair. You guys don't, none of you give a shit about Ric The only people that fucking care are Ric Flair, his family, and the fucking Ric Flair super fans out there that can't get enough of the nature boy, right? I don't give a shit one way or another. I, I don't. I, I'm not going to watch. I have no interest. I don't care. I don't want to see him in the ring. I don't want to see anybody at his age, period, in the ring. I think what he does is tarnish everything else that he did before. When Ric Flair retired, his retirement to me was at WrestleMania against Shawn Michaels. That was it. I don't know how much better of a retirement you could get. Now, after that, he made some appearances for TNA, and he went back on that. I believe he had a match or two. I I don't recall. I, I never watched TNA But his retirement to me from pro wrestling was Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. You can't get any better than that and what they did for him and the storyline that led him to that match. That was it. That was the pinnacle of his, of, if you want to talk about retirements, that's up there with being some of the very best. The pinnacle of fucking retirements for anybody. Ric Flair got it. I said this on social media. And the next story is going to be a little ridiculous because it, it, kind of plays into what I'm about to tell you. 
Nobody wants to see it, and I get that you're all afraid of what may happen. But Ric Flair says he spoke to 40 doctors. He got clearance. He's all right. He is working with the pacemaker. He'll be all right. I don't know what you guys expect that Ric Flair is going to go in there and do. You know, they're claiming that this is Ric Flair's last final match, and he's going to be in there with a six-man tag. You're lucky it's a six-man tag. You're lucky that it's with the Rock and Roll Express. Two guys that still, to this day, are working GCW shows doing Canadian Destroyers. I mean, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, I mean, they're still fucking operating at a decent level. Then you got FTR in there. You can't get any more safer and any better than FTR. That's a great support system for those guys to be in there with, right? Depending on if they can find uh, Ricky Steamboat's replacement, so be it. But it's a six-man tag. You're lucky that it's a six-man tag. It could easily be a singles match. They could have put Ric Flair in there in in a singles match, God forbid. But he's going to be on the apron for about 98% of the match. He's going to come in. He's going to do his dancing. He's going to do his chops. He's going to drop a knee. He's going to do his fucking uh, faking, getting hit, and then drop down. That's it. He's going to do a figure four. He's not going to be overworking himself. He's going to make that hot tag. He's going to be in there for two, three minutes tops. And he's going to give the fans one final show. He wants to be in the spotlight. He wants to be under those bright lights. He wants to be in there with some of the best talent that's still competing today. So be it. If Ric Flair wants to wrestle, let him go and wrestle. Have him sign the papers. Not my concern. It's not the fucking promotions, promotions concern. Jim Crockett Promotions is going to be a part of the NWA, I believe. So what? Obviously, he's signing all the release forms, all the paperwork. So be it. He wants to do it. Give him the foundation to do it. As long as you're liable, you know, on your end and and safe on your end, right? You're, you're, You're good to go. Who gives a shit? You cannot actively tell somebody what to do with their body. If Ric Flair wants to go in there and die in the ring as long as he signed off on it, so be it. He wanted it. He asked for it. He, he may get it. So what? So what? It is what it is. Now you got people like this fucking geek. You got guys like Chris Cruz, who worked for WCW for many years, posted the following on his Facebook page. He says, hey, you rubes, I screw around here a lot, but this is serious. Ric Flair should not be allowed to wrestle. Some reports indicate that he's not been or that he has been working out with Jay Lethal in preparation for a return to the ring. He can't be stopped from doing doing so in states that don't have athletic commissions and licensing protocols, but insurance companies can step in and refuse to refuse a bond to a promotion that books him. And for those states that do have commissions, they should be contacted to demand that they not allow Flair to wrestle. Simply put, Flair returning to the ring is not wise. No way, no how, he's 73 years old, in poor health, an alcoholic, and has a pacemaker installed. Today, I emailed the following to the Maryland State Athletic Commission, since I live in Maryland, and will contact other commissions as well. I would encourage you to also email the commission and urge its members to deny Flair a license. It won't take long and could help keep Flair alive. This is the email I sent, and I quote. To the commissioners of the Maryland State Athletic Commission, 
recently published reports indicated that professional wrestler known as Ric Flair, who is 73 years old and has a pacemaker, is considering returning to the ring. Obviously, this is not wise. It's almost as if he wants to die in the ring. I am planning, or I am writing as a citizen of Maryland, to express my concern about the prospect of Mr. Flair being granted a release, or a license, rather, to wrestle in this state. I'm sure you understand how disastrous it would be for the commission if he died in the ring during a performance for which you granted him a license. I'd like to know what standards the commission has for granting a license to a professional wrestler. Is a physical examination required? Are athletes over 70 and who have a pacemaker installed allowed to wrestle professionally in Maryland? I look forward to your reply. This guy went above and beyond to email the Maryland State Athletic Commission about Ric Flair. The fucking show is taking place in Tennessee, SummerSlam weekend. So clearly he is making the rounds to all the different states' athletic commission. But this goes to show you what I just talked about, and this plays into what I just talked about. You can't actively tell someone to do what you want them to do. How many fucking people tell me every single night I'm on here, J.D., your intro is too long. Why do you need 15 minutes? No matter what I say, it's not going to get through people's minds. It's not going to get through people's skulls, right? They're always going to ask, why, 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 why? It's going to have to benefit them. People want it to benefit them. They want the easy access of getting right into the live stream. Meanwhile, they don't really understand that I'm waiting for the fucking audience to sit here in the live stream and get everybody hyped up before the live stream. It gets me hyped up. And in the three songs that I play, I'm getting myself prepared on what I have to talk about for you guys. So it's a little, you know, behind the curtains look as to what I'm doing. I'm sitting here, I'm listening to the music that you guys are listening to, but I'm also getting myself prepped in the meantime. Getting myself a cold beverage, I'm taking a fucking piss. I'm going to make sure the cats are fed so they don't bother me for three hours. Nobody understands. Nobody understands that it's all a part of the show. JD, why do you need 15 minutes? Why do you need three songs? Why do you have such a long intro? I see the shit in the comment sections. Fast forward, you fucking retard! That's why Fast Forward exists. Now, no matter what people say, they, 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 expect, people, they expect people to you know, make a difference. But JD's going to get it one day. He's going to change the intro. The intro's not going anywhere. In fact, I'll make the intro fucking longer just to spite these people. No matter what you say, I am not going to change my mind. It is what it is. So shut the fuck up. That's Ric Flair. That's Ric Flair. No matter what you say to that man, he's going to do what he wants to do. Let him do it. That is it. It's ridiculous. Just let him be. If he wants to wrestle, let him wrestle. You don't give a shit. So what what difference does it make if he fucking wrestles? You ain't going to be watching. If he wants to kill himself in the ring, as long as the appropriate papers are signed to cover whoever the fuck he's wrestling for, what business of it is yours? SmackDown. SmackDown on Friday. We got unified tag team champions. The Usos are now the Raw and SmackDown tag team champions. Roman Reigns interfered in the match. 
giving the Usos the victory. Don't really like that because it kind of soils the victory. But they did, they did it that way because WWE doesn't have Roman Reigns wrestling on the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And they will need a big-time title match inside the Hell in a Cell, which will lead to the Usos and RK-Bro probably announcing at some point that they will be inside Hell in a Cell for the Unified Tag Team Championships. Very good match. The right outcome was the Usos, and they are now the Unified Tag Team Champions. My question is, where do we go with the division now? Does any team come over from Raw? Could the Alpha Academy show up on SmackDown and wrestle the Usos? Are the Usos going to go to Monday Night Raw and wrestle anybody over there? How many more matches are we going to get with the fucking Usos and Street Profits? That's what we're going to get. That's exactly what we're going to get. We got that all on SmackDown when the Street Profits were over there on Friday night. It's exactly what we're going to get. WWE gave the Usos the tag team champions, not because they have a plan for the division, not because they're excited about having one division now and one champion. They only did it to enhance the Usos and Reigns and the bloodline. And that is it. That is it. Xavier Woods beat Butch again. I don't know how many times Butch and Xavier Woods or the team of Butch and Ridge Holland and Sheamus have wrestled the New Day, but apparently we're getting a six-man tag on Friday again with Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston and a mystery partner versus Butch, Sheamus, and Ridge Holland. Shinsuke Nakamura beat Sami Zayn, and Raquel Rodriguez, she beat Shotzi Blackheart on Friday Night SmackDown, man. Smiley Raquel Gonzalez. What a fucking joke, man. I can't wait for fucking Braun Breaker to be brought up. Smiling. Yeah, my, my name is Braun Breaker. I'm the son of Rick Steiner, WWE Hall of Famer. I'm so happy to be on Monday Night Raw. Can't wait. Also on SmackDown. L.A. Knight made his debut, but not as L.A. Knight as Max Dupree. Adam Pearce was not sure about Dupree even being on the brand, but Dupree assured him that he signed a contract that was all set up by Sony DeVille. They're trying to get the name and the way he says the name Max Dupree over in his promos because He harped on that during the backstage segment on more than one occasion. Dupree has been appearing in dark segments in recent weeks. He introduced Mace and Mansoor as this was called the Night Model Management. And apparently the new stable is uh, Maximum Male Models, MMM. That's what they're called. Sounds like a fucking strip joint. Sounds like uh, L.A. Knight is some uh, low-budget fucking pimp, and he's running a male strip club called Maximum Male Models. At this point, it's not clear if Mason Mansoor will be with him in this new group. I can't see why. I don't know why Mace or Mansoor will be looked at for this group with Max Dupree, L.A. Knight, but we will see if they are together or if it will be new members. In the coming weeks with L.A. Knight now on SmackDown officially. The name change did not need to be. I said this on Friday. The name change is ridiculous. L.A. Knight was trademarked by WWE. So it goes back to what I've originally stated about why they changed the names. They changed the names 
because they just don't have anything else better to do, and they want to erase everything that Triple H brought to the table. This falls right into that category. There was no reason why L.A. Knight needed to be changed. I heard so many people, so many people claim, oh, L.A. Knight's not a good name. It's better than fucking Max Dupree. Even though L.A. Knight was a name I did not like, I got used to L.A. Knight. I'll, I'll tell you what. I said this on Friday as well. L.A. Knight, Eli Drake, whatever the fuck you want to call him, he is so fucking good, he's going to get the name Max Dupree over. So I'm not really concerned about that. My issue is that it's unnecessary. It did not need to be changed. Simple. SmackDown, 513 ratings, 1.893 million viewers. One week before that, it was 1.998 million viewers. 18 to 49 demo did a 0.40 rate. Wow, Ronda Rousey's really bringing in the ratings on Friday night, right? She's really bringing in the ratings there, Vince, right? Now you want to know why Sasha Banks wants to say fuck you to your shit creative. Ronda ain't making a, a big difference yet. You want me to put her over? This is down from a 0.46 rating. This was the second lowest key demo for an episode that aired on Fox just behind the April 29th show. Roman Reigns, his next three challengers are seemingly revealed. Matt Riddle at Money in the Bank, Randy Orton at SummerSlam, and Drew McIntyre at the Clash at the Castle UK Stadium show. Meltzer talked about this on the Observer Live. Right now, the talk is, and none of this is close to etched in stone, that Reigns will wrestle Riddle at Money in the Bank, Randy Orton at SummerSlam, and Drew McIntyre in Cardiff, Wales. The first summer TV Reigns was announced for was the 725 Madison Square Garden show, which is the go-home show in July for SummerSlam. Reigns will be appearing on TV to build to those three matches and has also been announced for the July 22nd SmackDown in Boston and the August 19th SmackDown in Montreal. Reigns has not defended the title since beating Brock Lesnar in a unification match at at WrestleMania 38. And right now, Reigns is not on the Hell in a Cell card, which happens on June 5th. I like it. I think with Orton and Riddle losing those titles, them being moved into singles capacity to go against Reigns, which will ultimately lead to the breakup of the team of RK-Bro, I'm all for it. So Reigns can go through Riddle. He can go through Orton. Should be a great match. Matt Riddle and his first taste at main event level pro wrestling in WWE against Roman Reigns. That's going to be the ultimate test for me. If he passes that, which I expect him to, because Matt Riddle's great, pass that test with flying colors, he should absolutely, no doubt about it, be a main event guy in WWE. Reigns beats Riddle. Reigns beats Orton. RK Bro breaks up. The bloodline has driven a stake right into the RK Bro team. Then Reigns goes on to the UK and loses the title to Drew McIntyre, dropping the universal title only. He will have the WWE title. Drew McIntyre can take the Reigns over on SmackDown while Reigns goes to Raw. Then enters Cody. Cody Rhodes would then enter the chat and then would take the WWE title before the end of the year, seemingly all leading to Roman Reigns trying, trying to get back his titles, but is stopped by Dwayne. I read today that 
The Rock has no movie commitments for the rest of the year up until WrestleMania next year. WWE, they want that shit in Los Angeles, man. That is the time to do it. L.A., Hollywood, Rock, Reigns, it's going to happen. That match does not need the titles. That match does not need Roman entering as dual champion. After that, after Roman beats The Rock, that's it. It's all over. Or if WWE wants Rock to win his last match and beat Reigns, they could go off to Hollywood together and leave WWE. But you can't have Rock beat Reigns as the champion. The Rock doesn't need the championships. If WWE wants that to be an open field, unpredictable, having Reigns go into that would probably be a lot better than him going into the match without the championships. So why would they do that? Why would, you, why would anybody ever entertain that? So I'm liking this. Riddle, Orton, Drew, and then Cody. And that's it. The summer of Reigns ends with Cody winning the WWE title. I like it. I like it. Paul Heyman actually mentioned Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns, he says, writes itself. He said this on 98.5. This was an appearance on Wrestling Inside the Ropes. Paul Heyman obviously is aligned with Roman Reigns, and he mentioned Cody Rhodes in a potential match with Cody Rhodes. Absolutely. Cody is not only someone with an extensive legacy, but I mean, my God, he's the son of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. But he has carved out his own niche, his achievements, his accomplishments. When he couldn't gain enough traction in WWE to become a legend, to become a legend, the first ballot Hall of Famer, to become a WWE or Universal or Unified Heavyweight Champion, he went out on his own. He quote-unquote blazed his own trail. He created something, co-created and helped create something that completely changed the complexion of this industry, AEW. He comes back to claim what he feels is his moment. The only way that he's going to be able to live with that moment is to step in the ring with the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. It's a story that writes itself. Cody is a magnificent talent who, whether he is, and he is the son of Dusty Rhodes, but whether he is or isn't the son of Dusty Rhodes on his own, just as Joe Blow, not as a big name as Cody Rhodes, but still, he could take the name Joe Blow and he could probably become a huge box office draw. He's that talented. Telling you right now, man, when Reigns and Cody are in the ring together, that is it, man. My year is made. My year is made. That's what I want. I can't wait for that and the interaction between Reigns and Cody and Heyman and Cody. It's going to be awesome, man. Cody beating the tribal chief, it's coming. It is absolutely going to be a thing, and I can't wait for it. Mad Cat Moss on SmackDown may be getting a new gimmick. Dave Meltzer confirmed in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter that there have been pitches to change his gimmick and look, but it's not a lock as they right now are considering it and only considering it. Moss was written off TV last Friday after an attack by Happy Corbin, the storyline injury gave him a cervical contusion from a steel chair attack that included Corbin dropping the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Trophy while a chair was wrapped around Moss's neck. Backstage, there are people who feel that Moss has potential to break out and be one of the company's top babyfaces. Whether he gets pushed that way is a different story, but at least he is well-liked by key people. Good. This is exactly what needs to happen. Drop the fucking ha-ha-ha 
lame jokes, suspenders, and be something a little bit more serious. He's got the talent. He's got the look. He's got the aesthetic. He's got to work on his promo. But he's a likable guy who is very good in the ring and has got a great body. Why not? Why not? It's about time WWE starts building new stars and getting behind new stars instead of putting them on TV with gimmicks like we see with Mad Cat Moss. AEW Dynamite. Ratings are in. They were up this week. Above 900,000. 922,000. Up from 840. In the 18 to 49 demo, the show did a 0.33 rating. This is the same as one week ago. Dynamite continues to face competition from the NBA playoffs. That once again dominated the night. I will blame the NBA playoffs. I will not be using such excuses for Monday Night Raw. Dynamite ranked number seven in the cable top 150 shows on cable for the night. MJF gave Wardlow 10 lashes on Wednesday. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was a repeat of what they did with Cody and MJF, but they played it off in a different way to a point where it did not feel the same as what MJF did with Cody. So everything that they've done has been nothing short of great, and I can't wait to see that match with Wardlow and MJF at double or nothing. Adam Cole beat Jeff Hardy in an Owen Cup semifinal match. Adam Cole is already in the finals of the Owen Cup. That match I complained about on social media. It got four minutes of TV time. That is inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable. If you guys want to go back and listen to the post-show that I did with Jesse on Wednesday, we talked extensively about Tony Khan's got to do something, whether the show has to flow a little bit better, where he goes a little bit more quality over quantity, or TBS, TNT, Time Warner gives Tony Khan five minutes of an overrun. No way on any planet, on any show, should Adam Cole or Jeff Hardy in the main event get four minutes of TV. The match went on at 9.51. Neither guy got a fucking entrance. We go to commercial for three minutes. We come back, it's 9.56, and they got to rush to an end where Adam Cole gets the victory. Inexcusable. Rip Baker defeated Maki Ito in a first-round match for the Owen Cup. Kyle O'Reilly beat Ray Phoenix in a great match. Owen Cup first round. O'Reilly is now in the semifinals. He will wrestle Samoa Joe, who beat Johnny Elite, a.k.a. Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. Johnny Impact, a.k.a. John Morrison. Keith Lee and Swerve beat the work horsemen. That's Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake. Backstage news on John Morrison's AEW Dynamite debut. Is John Morrison now all elites? Morrison was let go by WWE in November. And he was there, obviously, with The Miz and the Drip Stick and Johnny Drip Drip. This was his second run with WWE. In between his WWE stints, he worked all over the world. Impact, AAA, Lucha Underground, several other places. Since his release, he's wrestled for AAA, as well as GCW. PW Insider is reporting this week that he is not signed to AEW, but the door is open for additional appearances down the line. His wife, Taya Valkyrie, who was known as Frankie Monet, 
in WWE, was also released by WWE last November, and has since returned to Impact Wrestling in addition to working for AAA in Mexico. John Morrison does not, not does, he does not need, need to be in AEW. I think he would obviously get lost in the shuffle. I think John Morrison being a one-in-and-done type of guy is more than enough. When I look at John Morrison, I don't think at, you know, at any point I, I see John Morrison says, oh, my God, he's got to be the guy to go out there and get. Tony Khan's got to go out there and get him. No, I don't see that at all. He's not that type of guy. If he joins AEW, he's just going to be another name to add to an already bloated roster, and that's not what we need. It's not what we need. But it was good to see him. He was a little rusty. Probably worked off some of that ring rust. He probably had a little bit of ring rust left over. The match with Samoa Joe wasn't as good as I expected it to be. He was definitely a surprise to be the Joker in this when people were thinking it was Cesaro, Claudio, Johnny Gargano, or Braun Strowman even made the rumor mill about being the Joker in the Owen Cup. So to see him be the Joker and come out when nobody was really talking about him, it was kind of a surprise. It was a nice surprise. And leave it at that. I don't think that John Morrison needs to be an AEW superstar. John Moxley. John Moxley most likely has renewed his AEW contract. Jim Ross just recently announced that he's just signed the new deal. Several other stars who joined the promotion for the first double nothing in Las Vegas will soon have their contracts nearing expiration or already signed new deals like John Moxley. John Moxley's situation was discussed on this week's Observer Live. And they noted that John Moxley probably is one of the wrestlers to sign a new deal if he originally agreed to do a three-year deal when he joined the promotion back three years ago. We're right at that time where people who were signed prior to the first show, Double or Nothing, because the first round of people were the people who were signed on the first week of the year, January 1st, essentially. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, they were actually February. Jericho, Cody Rhodes, and all that. They were due at the top of the year. Brian Danielson and Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, they were early also. Moxley would probably be one of those guys, if he signed the three-year deal, it was up and he re-signed. The three years would be up. I don't know if the deals, as far as he is concerned, if he had an option or wherever like that, all the people who would have debuted at that first show in Vegas that signed three-year deals and JR would have been one of them, where he debuted on that show, their deals are coming up now. Moxley wrestled Dante Martin and Matt Seidel alongside Brian Danielson on AEW Rampage on Friday night. During the show, Danielson had his leg trapped in between the ramp, where AEW omitted it from the show, and they exclusively shot the footage and put it on their YouTube channel. John Moxley, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, he's going back to AEW, look at Cody Rhodes, and I even did an act, I did an off-the-script podcast on it. Not, not too long ago, actually, about a, about a month ago, month and a half ago. Moxley, you know, he's somebody that I could see going back eventually. Not now. Not now. Moxley probably signed another three years. He's very happy. Why would he go back now? There's really nothing going on there in WWE that would lure him back. He's making just as much money, if not more money here. Why would he go back? Why would he give up all that he's doing and that creative freedom and that happiness? Why would he give up the light schedule to go back on the road with WWE and be away from his family and his, his wife and his daughter? So stupid. Now a lot of people are like, oh, Mox is going to join Cody Rhodes. He will eventually be back there, but at this point, no way. Tony Khan was not going to let John Moxley have a contract expire and let him 
contemplate where he wanted to wrestle. Lock him up. That's it. I'm glad he signed. He belongs here. Tony Storm. Tony Storm talked about the Charlotte Flair angle and what was originally planned instead of the pie throwing with Charlotte Flair. She says, and I quote, she was asked about if she was okay with the pie angle with Charlotte Flair on SmackDown. Well, if you must know, she says, I was actually quite happy with that segment that day because it was a lot better than the original idea. The original idea was I was asked if I was comfortable with taking my shirt off and having my shirt ripped off. They wanted to do this whole angle where it was like they were going to rip my shirt and I would be embarrassed in my underwear. I don't know. When you're asked if you feel comfortable doing that, and it's like literally people are being fired every single week, it's basically, oh yeah, I'm comfortable with that. So to be honest, the pie was actually a sweet treat in comparison to what it could have been. In hindsight, I really didn't mind. You know what? People think I'm mad about it. I think it's hilarious. I had to put this in the show. You know, for a, lot, a, lot, a lot of people are claiming that AEW is not doing much with Tony Storm. They would never even contemplate doing something that Bruce Pritchard wanted to do with Tony Storm. They wanted her to remove her shirt and be embarrassed standing in her underwear. That's what they wanted her to do. That's what they, and this is the company that's claiming Sasha Banks and Naomi are not professional. The balls. The balls on them. So if everybody that claims, oh, Tony Storm's wrestling on dark, Tony Khan is not using Tony Storm the right way, just reference this and reference that quote, Bruce Pritchard wanted her to have her shirt ripped off and be embarrassed standing in her underwear. Awful. NXT. Cameron Grimes and Solo Sokoa defeated Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Lash Legend defeated Tatum Paxley in a women's breakout tournament opening round match. Awful. I had to watch this. Awful. Joe Gacy raised the stakes for his match with Braun Breaker at In Your House. If Braun Breaker gets disqualified, he loses the championship. This entire storyline with Joe Gacy is fucking awful. It is absolutely making Braun Breaker look like a complete and utter waste as world champion. But WWE, you know, this is the type of thing that would be on the main roster. I think everybody really knows that. This is the type of shit that, would, that they would have Braun Breaker doing on the main roster. So theoretically, if you're watching NXT and watching this terrible storyline with Joe Gacy and Braun Breaker, they are only getting Braun Breaker ready for the main roster. By terrible storytelling, terrible writing. It's exactly what they're doing. Grayson Wall defeated Andre Chase. Roxanne Perez defeated Keanu James in a women's breakout tournament opening round match. Wesley and Nathan Fraser ended in a no contest. It looks like they may be pairing them two up as the new MSK. And Santos Escobar defeated Tony D. Tony D'Angelo over here. He lost to Santos Escobar in the main event on NXT over here. NXT ratings, 601,000 live viewers up from 533,000 live viewers. 0.14 rating in the 18 to 49 demo. Last week, the show did a 0.10. And it was ranked number 30 
in the cable top 150 shows for the Knights. Nash Carter finally speaks up. He apologizes, issues a statement on the photo that led to his WWE release. Zachary Green, a.k.a. Nash Carter, issued this statement, and I quote, No words can truly describe how ashamed and apologetic I am for my conduct in the photograph where he was, I guess, sporting a Hitler mustache and doing some fucking Nazi salute. There is no excuse for such behavior, and I take full responsibility for my actions and ask for forgiveness. This picture was taken in 2015, a time where I was uneducated on the topic and therefore didn't understand the magnitude of how hurtful it was. In 2020, someone was trying to extort me by threatening to post it on social media. I sent it to my wife to discuss the situation. Apparently, she kept it and decided in retaliation for the filing of the divorce to post it on social media. Regardless how the photograph came to light, there is still no excuse for my actions. True. But his ex-wife is a fucking piece of human garbage. And nobody should need to deal with her ever again. She's a complete scumbag. She held the photo in confidence because he was waiting for her opinion on a situation while they were married, held the photo and used it in retaliation because he filed for divorce to get him fired from NXT. That is a shit human being. Over the past month, I've taken time to reflect on my conduct to which I express my utmost remorse and regret. I've spent time off social media to refresh and educate myself about the horrors of the Holocaust. I truly do hope that this situation will teach and bring awareness to the horrific tragedy that took place so that something like this will never happen again. I can assure you that this is not who I am or what I represent as a human being, and I feel it is never too late to educate and better yourself. If you are ever in the Orlando Maitland area, take time to visit the Holocaust Memorial Research and Education Center of Florida, where you can learn about the history and depth of what took place. It was an incredibly eye-opening and impactful experience that teaches the importance of this history. Now, it, it sounds like this was a apology and a public statement written by his team of lawyers, especially with that last line thrown in there. Wanted to really put the cherry on top of the cake. I, I get it. I get it. But the guy shouldn't have been fired. The guy should not have been fired for a photo dating back to 2015 when we all knew he was blackmailed with the fucking photo and it was done purposely to get him fired. I, th I think if WWE took him off TV and suspended him, whatever the case may be, and let it kind of go by and let it just kind of settle in and disappear, that things would have been all right. I don't think he should have been fired. I, I, don't, I, I think they went way above what they needed to do. And I genuinely think that he is a good person. MJF even came up and stood for him in a public statement as well, claiming that he isn't who he is or, or what you think he is because of the photo. He is not like that at all. So it's a terrible situation. Now Wesley's on TV. It's got to break his heart that he lost his best friend and his tag team partner. And, and Wesley's on TV now, you know, looking to get into some sort of role on NXT, and they're pairing him with Nathan Fraser, right? Possibly. I feel for those guys, man. I really do. What a terrible situation. 
Awful, awful situation. Monday Night Raw, Bobby Lashley defeated Omos in a steel cage match. Veer Mahan defeated Mustafa Ali. Matt Riddle defeated Jimmy Uso. Asuka defeated Becky Lynch. Alexa Bliss defeated Sony Deville. And Finn Balor with AJ Styles defeated Los Lotharios. Monday Night Raw ratings, they were up. 1.736 million viewers on the USA Network. This was up from the 1.652 the show did one week ago. The 18 to 49 demo. So an average of 0.45 that is down or actually up from the 0.44 the show did last week. Raw did not go up against the NBA or NHL on Monday. Wow. But they weren't even over a 1.7. Holy shit. So the NBA playoffs really don't have any, any, any negative on Monday night. Look how little the negative is, man. One week ago, there was NBA playoffs, 1.652. This week, 1.736. Wow, that's not big. That's not much of a big jump at all. So why are we all blaming the NBA playoffs? Like I said, I'm blaming the NBA playoffs for AEW. I'm not blaming the NBA playoffs for Monday Night Raw. I'm not. They, they, they are not deserving of such excuses. Backstage news. On Paige joining Judgment Day. Well, not really backstage news. But Edge continues to play into the rumors about who will be next to join Judgment Day as Edge is sending out cryptic tweets on Twitter and he posted a bunch of different people. Bunch of different people, man. One of them included Paige, former WWE diva Paige, or the anti-diva, I should say, Paige. Paige actually retweeted the post. Edge previously a, uh, posted a photo with no caption on Instagram of Former NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa's name uh, has been rumored for the group for many weeks. Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley have turned heel and joined the group, but at least one more name is expected to be a part of it. There was another name that Edge wanted for the group, but WWE fired him in NXT 2.0. His name was Parker Boudreaux, who was Harland on NXT TV. As part of his storyline with AJ Styles, Edge has offered Styles a role in Judgment Day. Even Balor and Liv Morgan, he offered extensions into Judgment Day. Prior to her heel turn, Rhea Ripley had been teaming with Liv Morgan. So Edge is is trying to throw you off the scent of who's going to be included in Judgment Day. It could very well end up being Ciampa. I honestly think that would be a great addition to the group. The only other one that I think would make sense, and I've mentioned his name before, is Dominic Dijakovic. I mentioned Ali as well, but Ali seems to be just going nowhere at this point, and it looks like WWE is just embarrassing him on a weekly basis. The only person that would make sense here, Champa would be great, don't get me wrong, but who needs him more? Champa? Champa has a better chance of surviving on his own than someone like Dijak, Dijakovic, T-Bar. I think if you take the name T-Bar, get rid of T-Bar, give him his name back, give him Dijak, Dijakovic, and put him in Judgment Day, I think that would be great. And he's got a story built in. It sells itself. I joined something I believed in. It was abandoned. They abandoned me. They left me by myself. I'm lost and hopeless and directionless. And I love the direction that you guys are going. And I want to be a part of what you're building. Simple. That's all you got to do. All you have to do here. Very simple to get him in the group. But Paige, no. Do I think Paige will come back eventually? Absolutely. I think Paige will be back on TV 
and she will be back doing what she does like Edge, like Edge in a part-time role. But I do think that Dijak is probably the best bet, me, the best fit for Judgment Day. And finally, guys, WWE has nixed or was in the plan for something to happen on Monday Night Raw. There was a big stunt that was supposed to happen on Monday Night Raw. WWE nixed an idea for a big stunt on Monday Night Raw. WrestleVotes took to Twitter and reported an idea was pitched for a collapsing ring angle, but it was squashed over the weekend in the steel cage match between Bobby Lashley and Omas. I don't know how well that would have worked and who pitched that idea, but it was pitched and it was shot down, obviously. WWE's done this ring collapsing idea over and over again. Lesnar and Big Show did it. Uh, I believe Mark Henry and Big Show did it at Vengeance 2011 as well. Show and Lesnar did it back in 2013. They did it with Strowman and Big Show back in 2017. It is one of the most played out stunts that WWE has done in history. But they wanted to do a ring collapsing in a steel cage match. How the fuck would that work? Who the fuck came up? This is the level of creativity on the fucking writing team on Monday night. How are you going to do a ring collapsing when the ring is attached to the steel cage? If the ring collapsed, then the steel cage would also come down and collapse as well, no? Who came up with this shit? That was an idea pitched to the creative team for this match. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now you know why I always shit on WWE creative. Guys, that is all I got. Two hours and 38 minutes in, man. Thank you guys very much for joining me on this Sunday night right here on OTS. We're about to go over the Super Chats in just a second, man. Hit that thumbs up, man. I see 1,380 likes. Can we get to 1,500, man? We got 2,400 still lingering in the venue, man. We are jam-packed tonight. If you guys are in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, 1,500 is the minimum tonight. Also, get those Super Chats in. We got four new members tonight, man. Thank you guys very much for all your support. Go check out all the other videos this week that you might have missed. Go get your t-shirt, man. The Don of the IWC, man. I'm a fucking boss in that in that shirt, man. Holy shit. Or on that shirt. Go get yours today, man. It's a great looking shirt, I have to admit. If I don't see this shirt being worn at an AEW Dynamite, we're at the next meet and greet. I'm going to have to dump you, man. Get your shirt. Bonfire is the exclusive home of Off The Script. And make sure you guys continue to get those memberships in. Some news and notes here, man, on the podcast. Uh, my boy Dustin, who did the intro or has done the intro for the show with the long-term booking and all that stuff. You guys love LTB, man. You guys love long-term booking. He made me a new intro, a shorter intro. Same thing. We're not going. I have it in my email. We're not going to unleash it until we get the new OTS Beer Garden up and running. The OTS Beer Garden should be sometime in July, after the 4th of July, around the second, third week of July. My team over at Deviate Designs is working on it, man. We're going to go back and forth and, and make it the best possible design we could make, man, taking the podcast to the next level. So that's coming. New intro's coming. 
and hopefully some new merchandise as well, man. Maybe I'll get some new emotes for the chat as well. I appreciate you guys, man. This show does not happen, and the success of this show and my success isn't possible without you guys right here on the show, man. Tonight's sponsored by Audible, audibletrial.com slash off the scripts. Go get your 30 days free of this service and one free audio book of your choice. Let's start at the top with the Super Chats, man. We got Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Favorite Kenny Omega match not named Okada. Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the Young Bucks at Revolution a couple years ago. Tag team titles, AEW tag team titles. Easy. Probably one of the greatest tag team matches of all time. Aracia with a $5 Super Chat. JD, shout out for my wife, Olive, for perfect grilling her first steak tonight. Yo, Olive, that's how you do it, honey. That's how you do it. You made Aracia a perfect steak on the grill. Can't ask for anything better, man. Thank you, Aracia. Shinobi CJ with a new membership. Thank you, Shinobi. I appreciate you, brother. What are you drinking tonight? Lena Scorpio 20 with a $3 super chat. She leaves me a super emoji con on YouTube with a fist bump. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Will check with an eight-month re-up. He's an eight-month VIP, man. Thank you for the commitment to the VIP club. JD, haven't been here live for over a month due to work, and it feels good to be back in the venue. Always look forward to listening to your wise words. I appreciate you, Will Check. Joshua Simo with a 1999 Super Chat WWE Mindset. Why are they mad that we know they are better than our handpicked tops and not wanting to continue to take a backseat for their entire career? Well, of course... They are the problem. I don't think so. Joshua, like I said, Becky and the rest of that locker room, everybody that's at a higher level, they don't want Sasha there or people like Sasha there because they know people like Sasha are going to speak up when things are wrong. They would rather Sasha and people like Sasha and Naomi get out so they have everything for themselves. Joshua Simo also with a 499. Hey, WWE, Cody is not the band-aid for everything. There are others on the roster that deserve a push. Joseph Taylor with a five-dollar super chat. JD, in your opinion, do you think Hangman will be buried if he loses the punk? No. Absolutely not. Hangman has had a great title run. Don't believe the geeks online. Leo Galimara. $5 Super Chat. Good job, WWE, trying to smear Sasha and Naomi's name. You have now made them probably the biggest stars in the company. No one cares about anything else. Their stars are certainly shining brighter, Leo. No question. And more people are for them than against them. Scott Woodford with a 199 Super Chat. My source says it's about the money, not creative. Uh, Scott Woodford, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I don't know who your source is, but clearly you don't have any sources. Mickey McClendon becomes an OTS VIP for eight months. So annoying when Sasha stands cry when we ponder the idea of her being an AEW. 
She's the best female wrestler in the world in her prime. Why are they crying? Why would they cry that she goes to AEW? I mean, are they fucking mental? Yes, because a match with Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb and Britt Baker and Tony Storm isn't ideal for Sasha Banks, right? Trey XXXX with a Tadal Super Chat. Bailey and Shayna. The only ones to tweet support. Arby with a $2 Super Chat. JD, thank you for recommending Evergrey. No problem. Evergrey's a great fucking band, man. Coil Phoenix with a 10-month VIP membership. I'm not surprised that the blame was placed onto Sasha Banks, and I soon hope that she comes forward and tells us her side of the story and 100% exposes WWE. This is the time to do it, Coiled. If there's any time that this woman should leave the company, it is right now. Baby Shaq with a 499 Super Chat. Sasha Banks in All Elite Wrestling will definitely help the women's division. Fuck Johnny Ace. Retire the women's tag team championships. OTS for life. Thank you, Baby Shaq. Yes, get rid of those tag team championships, man. Fuck them. Burn them. Bury them. Retire them. My boy inverted with a $5 super chat. Super chat. The disrespect from these new geeks is insane. What new geeks is that, man? Where is my OTS NWO family, he also says. Inverted. Who are these new geeks we're talking about, man? MGM Bolin. Well, they 499 Super Chat. Did you see Miro's quote tweet to Punk? Fans are turning on Miro now. Well, Miro was there when Punk was there, so. If he wants to put a laughing emoji, by all means, he could put a laughing emoji. Hooligrim with a 19-month OTS VIP membership, man. Holy shit. It's always OTS. Fuck the rest. Hope you're well, JD. Shout out to the community. OTS is all love. My membership says 13 months. Brother, you're 19 months, man. Fuck YouTube. YouTube are a bunch of fucking con artists, man. I had to reach out. and I got got content ID claims. My videos all week got demonetized. Every video that I had, every live stream I had for last week, got demonetized because I played Dr. Disrespect's Red Skies. Some fucking idiot in France wanted to cover the song in French while claiming the song as his own. I had to reach out to the record label and speak to the record label. And thankfully, I got a human being that understood the situation. They removed that song from the content ID claim on YouTube. And that video is no longer able to claim Doc song. I basically saved streamers all across the world using that song, which Doc says you are able to use. I think I did a good deed. I think I did a good deed, man. Hologram, thank you so much, brother. Uh, Neb with a 199 Super Chat. EO hasn't been on TV since S&D. Where the fuck is she? 
Uh, I don't know, man. That stand and deliver match wasn't bad, but... I, I, she don't even fit NXT 2.0, man. What, what is she going to do? What are they going to do? Michael Evans. With a $5 super chat. Amazing podcast, Shade. You listened to most of it at work. My question is... What does Fox think about Sasha and Naomi being suspended? I would think they're pissed. WWE, you know, they want to they claim that the networks, you know, own them and got them by the balls. But when WWE wants to do something that's going to anger the networks, they're not afraid to do it. That's the problem. Yes, Fox will be pissed if they lose Sasha Banks. I'm sure they will. MGM Bowling. I just hit 133,000 subscribers. Did we really? Did we really? Let me check, man. We're at 133,013, man. We did 133,000 tonight, man. Thank you guys so very much. I love you guys, man. You guys are so fucking awesome. Thank you, Ball. And Eddie Foster with a new membership. Eddie Foster, thank you so much, brother. What are you drinking tonight? Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. When do you see Heyman betraying the bloodline? Never. I do not see Heyman leaving Roman at all. Cal TP with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, Monday Night Raw will be here in Houston the day after SummerSlam. I'm sorry to hear that, brother. And they have Cody versus Seth Rollins on the match card. So this feud will drag out. Uh, Cal TP. No, it's not going to be dragged out till SummerSlam. After Hell in a Cell, it's over. Cody will move on to something else. And they only do that to get the promotional advertisement out for that show. They need something, and that's what they do. That will not take place on that show, and it will not be taking place at SummerSlam. Michael Evans. With a $5 Super Chat, my LTB shirt comes tomorrow. My OTS NWO shirt is coming in a few weeks. I plan on wearing LTB at Forbidden Door. Michael Evans, I may be at Forbidden Door if Tony Khan gives me my press passes. You guys got to go get that new T-shirt, man. The Don of the IWC. Go get yours today, man. All shapes and sizes. They even got women's T-shirts on there. Thank you, Michael Evans. Ricardo Little with a 999 Super Shot. I love the live format for the OTS weekend. JD, what do you think is behind Stephen Man's leave of absence? Uh, Ricardo, thank you so much, bro. I love doing it live. I think it's a lot better. Um, I think Stephanie leaving right now and taking a leave of absence. She will be back. I, I honestly think Stephanie's burnt out. I think Stephanie's burnt out. I'm sure her daughters are finishing up school this year. Right? Stephanie's burnt out. I don't think there's anything more than that. Greg the Groove Drum Covers. What if sexual harassment went down at NXT while Triple H was in charge and Stephanie had to find out and now she's taking a leave of absence? Maybe Triple H. That's also a possibility, Greg. That's also a possibility, but being that it re- you know revolves around the McMahon family... I'm sure we'll be bullshitted into uh, it being something else. Joshua Simo with a 199 Super Chat. They need, uh, no, how much more enhancement do they need? I don't know. Bianca and Ronda uh, uh, clearly need enhancement. 
Mr. TKO with a $5 super chat. I think Sasha would bring the same star power that Jericho did for AEW when they first started. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lord. With a 11-month super chat. James, what's up, brother? 11-month VIP is James. Hey, Jerry, just wanted to say hello to you and the OTS fam. I haven't been around lately due to me dealing with PTSD. Brother, get well, man. As long as you're there in the shadows, man, that's all that matters to me. You don't visibly need to be seen here. I know you're here, man. I appreciate your 11 months, bro. You're a VIP always, man. Linda Carter. Another $5 super chat. Watch the Sasha Banks Broken Skull session before the live stream. And from that, you can tell why she walked out. Of course you can. If anybody went back and watched that podcast with Steve Austin, you know why Sasha is the way Sasha is. Chelsea with a three-month membership. Thank you, Chelsea, for being, a, for being a VIP for three months. I can imagine what it would be like for Sasha to go to AEW. The matches with female talent over there. Book it, TK. What's up, King JD? OTS for life, and she leaves me three cocktail glasses. Thank you, Chelsea. AEW, if they get Sasha, man, I think the entire division just gets taken to the next level. Everybody. Not just the division, but everybody going to have to step up their game, man. You're going to see a real division at that point. You, you got a real division now, and the talent that's there is incredible. But if Sasha's there, there's no fucking way the division is going to be booked the way it is now. Ransley Haynes with a 199 Super Chat. Don't forget how Sasha Banks was pulled from SummerSlam. Sasha was pulled from SummerSlam, right? I don't know what she was supposed to do with SummerSlam. I think she was hurt or something happened there. Maybe she had COVID. I don't know. Something was going on there. Something was going on there, man. Yeah, they pulled the Bianca and Sasha match in summer. I don't know what exactly was the problem. I, I may I may find that one of these days. Your boy Stace. New membership. And then he leaves a $5 super chat. Been here since the days of JoJo's fat ass, man. And was hooked ever since. Thank you for the years of entertainment. Thank you, Stace. I appreciate you, brother. What are you drinking tonight, brother? First round is on me, man, being a new VIP. Dr. Disrespect is at the Dallas Mavericks game tonight. Are they playing the Golden State Warriors? I know he's a big Warriors guy, right? Of course he is. Fucking Doc, man. Doc knows how to get around. Indigo with a 23-month membership. Indigo, you fucking beast, man. Hey, J.D., much respect. Can't wait to get the gold mic. We here at OTS stand with Sasha Naomi. We love your intros, by the way. Another awesome live stream. Indigo's about to get a gold microphone, man. One month. Indigo will join Stu Sexton and Tanmay as the only gold VIP 24-month members. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. You guys are fucking awesome, bro. Listen, Jesse! 
Jesse, what's this I hear about you not supporting Sasha Banks, man? Do you want me to take this shit back to Thunder Rosa, man? The fuck are you talking about, bro? Yeah, this guy, this guy still wants his fucking taco truck, man. Jesse, you're not getting a taco truck in the beer garden, right? You're gonna have to deal with it. You'll be Thunder Rosa's bar back, bro. That's all you're gonna be. Fucking guy. Anyway. Guys, I'm getting out of here, man. I appreciate 2,900. 2,900 we had tonight, man. We're off the script. I appreciate you guys very much for joining me on the podcast, man. Episode 431 in the books. I will be back live tomorrow night. We'll be back in the venue. Monday Night Raw post show right here on OTS. We got yet another Cody Rose versus Miz match. And Omos is still feuding with Bobby Lashley. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. I can't wait. I can't wait, Bruce, you fucking fat slob. Anyway, guys, go get your T-shirt. I know I said it about five times tonight, man. Go get your T-shirt. Troy Turner with a $5 Super Chat. I'd rather be unprofessional than be disrespected and mistreated. I stand with Naomi and Sasha. Cheers to you, Troy Turner. Anyway, guys, go get your T-shirt. Two likes. I need two likes for 1500 Thank you for the Super Chats. Thank you for all the new members. Thank you for all the new subs, man. We just hit 133,000 subscribers. And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, man. Again, I'll be live tomorrow night for Raw. Follow me on social media as well, at JD from NY206 on Twitter and Instagram. Guys, I need two things. Number one, I need those guitar emojis again in the chat. My VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And I need that fucking music on max i'll see you guys tomorrow night live for a brand new week right here on off the script inside the venue for monday night raw i'll see you guys later
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.